a good start. Yep. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Bastards podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and three straight white guys breaking down the new Adele albums track by track. My name is Michael Basinger. With me are old Gungaloo himself, Brad Polly. Hey, what's going on? Apparently, the episode started four minutes ago for him. Uh, <laughs> Matt Polly. Hey there. And together, we are the Inglorious Bastards. Matt, I can't hear you very well. Hey there. Oh, there we go. There we go. Okay. Let's, let's get you-, you to the level. Brad, calm down. God damn. Announcements. Uh, I have no podcast next week, but I meant that for the last episode and forgot to say it. So, Wait, no pod, No podcast last week. <laughs> there's a podcast this week. Um, oh, my God. There's a new PCC. Is this recording? Are we recording? We are recording. <laughs> okay. uh, there's a new PCC, a new uh, Deep Thoughts, new episode of... Uh, new episode of Hymns of Reconstruction. Thank God somebody's on putting Spotify. content out because I've got fuck all right yeah. now. Yeah, well, right. what are you well, going to do? That's, let's get into it. <laughs> my, my, Pregnant uh, pause. Yeah, my computer is a little sl- slow on the update today. Hey, what are you drinking? Hey, hey, I've been thinking that if we're going to get through this, we're going to need some fluid. So hey, hey. Get him some fucking water, man, or something. God, go take a nap. No, no, no. Fucking stop. Stop it. Stop it. Nope, don't say it. Hey, what's the, uh, what, what, are, what are you guys drinking? Uh, well, I haven't even tried this yet. It's, uh, I'm having, uh, the Pious Monk Dunkel from the Church Brew Works in Pittsburgh. Went on a, wait, Mandy and I, I had a week off of vacation for a week off yeah. of work mm-hmm. <laughs> last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell me about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, try anyway. <laughs> not a whole lot of firing up there anymore, boys. <laughs> um, That's pretty clear. Uh, anyway, this is from Pittsburgh, the Church Brew Works. It's it's really good. It's a European style dark lager. Yeah, it's hard to beat that. Yep. Uh, from Easton Brewing Company in uh, Pittsburgh. I'm having Fat Gary Nut Brown, nut brown Ale. You know good? what else is it's hard really to beat? I like yeah. a good nut it's brown a- ale. That's why I got that one. Nut. You know what's hard to beat? What? Gary's Brown Ale. What? What the fuck? His, nut, his nutty ale. Dude, I lost. <laughs> I'm I don't know. <laughs> There's a joke there. You need to work. <laughs> you need to work. I'll, I'll work on Workshop it. Workshop that one, buddy. We had a week off, man. Michael's at the Chuckle Hut this weekend. Yeah. You can, almost just did, I, we almost just said, fuck it. We had a week yeah. off, and it felt like, so good. We uh, almost just... What's the point? Life is meaningless. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. what am I drinking? Oh. I don't know. I'm drinking Pin Brewery Pin Wisen from... I, uh, I assume this is from Pennsylvania, it's Pittsburgh? It's from Pittsburgh, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm drinking. Brad, Brad brought it for yeah. us. Yeah, from his, some, some beers back. Did you get me a terrible towel? No, because you motherfucker. Yeah, okay. So you wait till like seven o'clock at night. Be like, how many times on my I last have to tell night? You? How many times? You can order one online. Sure. I want an authentic <laughs> terrible. It'll towel. It'll be authentic. You probably smells like brat, smells like bratwurst. Yeah. <laughs> got beer. They just sell them with beer stains already on them. Yes, that's what I so want. So it smells like Yingling and like <laughs> factory air. Do they have Yingling at at uh, in Pittsburgh? Yes. That other thing? <laughs> Somebody wrote noise. I don't know who that is. Like in factory mm-hmm. Facebook user, reveal thyself. Oh, Click on the God. agreement at the beginning of the and the show and the, the, the notes above here. Yeah, thanks. Um yeah. 
So this round is on uh, the people that are in the Pastors Pub. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com <laughs> slash Pastors Podcast. I have a five bucks. I don't think we can use. No, no you're not. We, we, we weren't even, even talking about your... on the podcast. No. We're God. not saying it. No. Don't write it down. No. Delete it. Matt, delete his comments. <laughs> I didn't. I don't <laughs> He's going to do this for the next 20 minutes. He's going to keep thinking. Hey, hey, Brad, hey, Brad, did you listen to that new Pokemon album? Oh, what? Did you listen to Pokemon 25, the album? Nope, sure okay. didn't. <laughs> Why? I don't know, man. I don't know. Any towel you dry with becomes terrible? Well, if you don't wash properly. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Were we talking about that? He was no. talking about towels. Terrible towels. Oh. I'm revealed. Hey, Ash. All right, um, let's go. Uh... We have fat bastards. Always oh, look that too. you're listening to Look on the Bright Side with Mr. Brightside himself, Matt Polly. Hey. Always look on the light side of life. You can fade out whenever you'd like to, computer. <laughs> yep. There we go. Good job, buddy. I'm going to have to restart this before next we start the next, the <laughs> next thing. Well, uh, what do you guys got? Uh, Pinkston King Wedding. Yeah. Oh, uh, nice. Brad and I, uh, Travis Pinkston and Sheila King, uh, uh, friends of the podcast. Yes. Uh, they uh, they got hitched. Uh, Met um, on the pod. Yep. Not on the pod, but yeah. through that. At a pod event, sort of, like the yeah. Rob Bell thing yep. a couple years ago in Louisville. Yep. We were, I, we were there for the genesis of that yeah. whole relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fucking great. Yep. And so they, they got married this weekend, and it was real, like, what, a dozen people there, mm-hmm. maybe? Just close friends. Uh, Brad and at I did a tapas restaurant. Yeah, it was at the tapas restaurant. Nice. Fucking unbelievable we literally, food. We literally just walked in, and you guys ready? All right, let's do this. <laughs> right. and it was awesome. Brad, I did the intro part, and Brad finished it out. Dude, and, I'm telling you right now, as an, ordin- as an ordained minister that's done a lot of those weddings. Those the best kind. The, the, the simpler, uh-huh. like this, the, the more we enjoy them. I did a seven-minute wedding one time. <laughs> Seven minute ceremony. <laughs> I know it's great. Got paid like a hundred bucks in gift cards and cash, and it was awesome. Um, and I never have to see him again. That's about like to slurp crazy. his noodles. Yeah, I had eaten dinner, man. Um, Can you slurp your anyway? Nudes? Yeah, the tapas place was fucking delicious. It man. was ridiculous. They just keep bringing food. Yeah, they just keep well. And, and my and problem was I didn't pace myself correctly. Like no. I didn't realize just how much shit we were going to be having. Yeah, I was. A lot. And I did, like I kind of burned myself out after uh-huh. about the third round. Well, we got to, like, I got to the paella and I was like, oh, Christ! And that was one of the best things I've eaten in my entire life. That paella. Yeah, it was fucking good. Um, nice. And oh, and it was open bar, dude. Oh my god, dude! Um, that, oh my gosh. So we we did some drinking. And we were there for like three hours, I think. Like, we just were eating for like two and a half, three hours. Yeah, and it was like... Travis probably has to harvest an organ now. <laughs> yeah. Just well, so so then we, we got... Why? Back. He was most of the bill. <laughs> so that we, sounds about right. We got back to the hotel about 3.30, roughly. In uh, the afternoon. Yeah, I took a nappy. Uh, Boy, I was gone. I don't nap, and I... <laughs> I wasn't gone, but I was I was definitely in the tired I phase of gone. drinking. I, and so I napped, and we got up. Then we went to the hotel roof, uh, the roof bar on the hotel. Yeah, and and we drank some more. <laughs> it was uh, it was a night. And then I came back to the room and went to sleep. So yep. it was a night. Yeah, noise. And then I woke up about six in the morning, yacked in the toilet. So <laughs> just just the once. Also, on sounds brand. about right. Yeah, I'm very. On I brand. mixed way too much shit that day. <laughs> I didn't even drink beer. I didn't drink beer one time that day. Either. I'm not shocked you didn't drink beer. It was all cocktails. It was all bourbon. Yeah. Everything was bourbon based. Pretty much, yeah. 
Oh, but man. anyway, when in Rome, really fun. <laughs> <and> fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. When in Louisville, Brad, uh, vacation. I already mentioned. Went to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. We really like Pittsburgh. It's mm-hmm. a great city. Yeah, that's you've gone there. Is it two this in a row or the yeah, two, two well, out of three? Two in a row. Yeah, right. the last two falls. Uh, just Mandy and I have gone. How and, is you know? How is Pittsburgh in the fall? It, well, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like fall. fall is the problem because yeah. of global warming. But. Yeah, same here. <laughs> <laughs> but it was lovely nonetheless. So I got to see turds, Very turd nice. friends on the road. So in. I mean, we like we went to the city and we really didn't do anything, and it was fantastic. That's awesome. Like we were, we originally were like going to go to some museums, and like we just kind of got there, is like just decided just just walk around and eat and go to bars and drink. Like, yeah. so it yeah. was lovely. Sweet. Uh, mine is my uh, niece got married this weekend, and I was the officiant for that wedding. So all three of us have officiated weddings yeah. in the last couple weeks. But yeah, um, it's one, so it's one service we provide. Yes, it is. <laughs> I told Matt we should start a, a pastor's marriage service where, like, we each have individual prices, and then like, if you want the trifecta, if you want the trifecta, we'll give you a discount. Like, the more yeah. pastors yeah. you rent to do your wedding, yeah, it's cheaper if you rent all three of us. Yes. Yeah. but it has to be in the Indiana area. <laughs> three for the price of two. Say so it has to be Indiana adjacent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, three for the yeah. <laughs> buy buy two pastors, get one free. Uh, yeah, so it was good. It, um, it was. Uh, Wonderful wedding. Some of the best food I've ever had. They had it uh, catered. It had like brisket. Oh. And they were smoking it the night before. Oh, my God. It was so. It was the best wedding food I've ever had. The ceremony was short and to the point. Thank thank you, myself. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, it was good. It was a lot of fun. And seeing people that um, I haven't seen in a long time because, you know, COVID and all that other shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was just good just to be with family. Most of my siblings mm-hmm. came in. My sister couldn't because... My other niece is about to pop out a baby soon. So, oh. um, <laughs> well, that'll happen. Yep. So it, it was good. <laughs> well, is there another way? Another word no, you would yeah. like you to say? Give give birth to a child. Give birth to a child. Unto you, a child will be born. <laughs> we also have a pastor's baby delivery service. Yeah, pastor's doulas. It's a new suburb. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. If you want to be a pastor's doula, <laughs> half of it is just like most people say, like breathe. And I was like, just say fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> God damn it, doula. We play old episodes for you. That yeah. way, you like you get it in faster because oh you don't want to listen to this bullshit yep. anymore. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We can, we'll wear gloves. We can talk in, in fluent in Lamaze. We can talk in one point five, or we can talk in point five. <laughs> However you want. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing a butcher's apron. Bastards do. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, all right. Well, let's do. I'm walking out of there looking like that dude in American Psycho. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Or like, like a leather. <laughs> just no, you come out looking like Leatherface. Fucking Dexter. Yeah. You come out with the placenta like stuck to your face. Oh, all right. Jesus. <laughs> Oh, great. Why did you restart it? I didn't. I hit the button and didn't go, and then I hit it again, and then five seconds later, it paused. Michael's computer, you can hear it wheezing. It just needs a good reset. I thought it was cracking this, Matt. Oh, I can't wait for this. God damn it. uh, Jen Flynn, 
uh, Gen FM from uh, Brox. Turkey dinner. You're listening to <laughs> JFM, <laughs> sponsored by Brox. Uh, turkey dinner Is and apple Brox pie and Brax? coffee candy corn. Dude, this this smell terrible. I, I, it's, I'll it's just bratches. be honest. I'm not a I'm not a candy corn. Yeah, fan. you guys hate candy corn. Yeah. So flavored. We have to get oh, all shit. the different colors, well, right? Well, I, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Oh, I mean, we've got to get the different colors. Guys. I think so. Here, four. I don't even know what I have. I'll be your your candy know. corn sherpa. I think I got them all. All right. Let's start with. It looks like there's a. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so what? One of these is going to taste like fucking gravy or something, isn't it? Oh, okay. Sure, yeah. Let's start with. I've got five colors. What do you got? One, two, three. Who fucking cares? Just pick one. No, no, okay. no, no. I got five different ones. Okay, so that's probably it then. So let's start with this this brown and orange one. Okay, brown. I think this tip. is gonna be what? Brown tip, orange bottom. Uh, like this. Yep, that one. Okay, okay let's right. start with that one. That's coffee. Oh yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh good. fuck, that's great. Courtney said there's six. I don't see six. Um. Oh, I I think I found another one. It's the brown with the. Wait, is that the same as this? This is riveting radio, there's, guys. There's two that... Okay, I don't have... Okay, the coffee one was fucking awesome. Oh, I do have a different... You're right, there are different ones. Two of them look really similar. Yeah, so the, the, let's Those do the... Two. There's two different ones. There's a tan one with a white bottom and like an oranger one. Okay. Let's do what, the tan these? one. Tan one? Two different ones? Yes. Okay. Tan wait, one. Tan one? This one? Oh, wait, wait. Brad, why don't you use... That one has yellow on it. That's a different one. What? Eat this one right here. <laughs> oh, after it's been in your hot hand? No, here, this one. <laughs> All right. Try this one. What is that? That's mashed potatoes. Is it? Oh yeah. That's not terrible. I mean, it's that's, not great, but it's that's, not. That's pretty fucking weird. It's like a sweet mashed. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't get mashed potato at all. You on didn't? That. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Could it be stuffing? It's stuffing. Mm-mm. Well, the options are green beans, roasted turkey, cranberry sauce, and stuffing. But there's awfully. There's actually no, there's no mashed potato one. Oh. It's got to be stuffing. Okay. Well, there's well. there's a coffee one too. Yeah, we had. The we just did, we just literally I know, just but it wasn't did it. listed. It's not listed on the bag. <laughs> All right. What's next? Okay. Let's do Jesus the yellow Christ. one with the brown. Yellow bottom. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Oh. Yeah, it's like that's stuffing. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's a. Is that the turkey one? That's roasted turkey. Oh boy, that is. Really fucking weird. That's yeah. a horror show. <laughs> That's roasted turkey. It is something. Mm. I literally can't swallow it. Oh, fuck me, man. It's, That's what she said. It's just sitting in my molars. That's what she said. Oh. <laughs> Let's do the green one. Wait. <laughs> the green one? Mm-hmm. That's got to be green beans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the worst one for me. Oh. I haven't even gotten to that one. I'm still trying to swallow the turkey. I just got sweet on that one. I didn't get green bean at all. My taste buds must be fucked or something. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, it's like musty or something. <laughs> Yeah, I breathed out. <laughs> let's do the let's do the red cranberry sauce. Oh, 
what's the other one? We get mm. now the I think the cranberry is gonna be the best. All right, let's one. do the. All right, let's oh, do the other. The, the, the white bottom one. with the, okay. God, white bottom with the orange top. God. <laughs> oh, that's worse. <laughs> oh, what in the holy fuck is that? Oh my god, that's the stuffing one. <laughs> what was? I think the one before was roasted turkey. <laughs> oh. No, <laughs> dear God, no. Whoa. Mm. All right, let's do the cranberry Boy, oh. Boy, what is that? <laughs> My mouth feels gamey. Dude, what are we doing? If you're not the giving the $5 one. to watch this live in the speakeasy, <laughs> fuck you. Eat a pack of diarrhea. <laughs> this is the, uh, this is the oh. red here. Okay. Guys, I think that last one was the turkey. It's possible. I <laughs> think the last one was the turkey. Boy, this one's pretty good. Cranberry tastes like cough syrup. Oh, yeah, there's a... There's a, it's a bit robotusiny. Yeah, right, I'm finishing with the coffee one. <laughs> oh, that one's god. okay. I kind of like that one actually. Nope. You know, oh my god! You know what it tastes like? What? <laughs> what are you about to say? I literally just went flashback to my childhood in an instant. Hey, look! This one looks like a that taste. Tie fighter. Hold on. That tastes exactly. Like the chapstick I used to eat when yeah. I was like, uh, it does. The grape, the great chapstick. No, 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 no. It was like uh, either bubble gum or strawberry or oh something. Oh my God. I literally just went straight back to being what, 13? 13? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was, I was 25. Like, it was like five years old. Old enough, you oh shouldn't be God. fucking chapstick. <laughs> we couldn't keep it in the house, man. God, you used to house that stuff. That laugh you just made. <laughs> All right, let's go into music time. So anyway, those are, those are fucking horrific. Yes, thank you, JFM. So, um, thank you, JFM. And God, fuck you. <laughs> Anybody else's teeth feel like they're just coated mm-hmm. right now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. All right, well, here's here's music time. <laughs> In five minutes, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I want to, like, cut my tongue out so I stop if tasting if stuff. You like Icelandic There's a miasma of flavors. It's miasma of something. God. Really? The odds are that we're going to have a lot more listeners in this episode, so we got to go all out. <laughs> oh, that's great. That way, yeah, drive, them that way they can drive them off before they actually get to Hillary. <laughs> they send Hillary's book back. <laughs> they get a refund. Stop it. Music time in the city. What do you guys got? <laughs> this is going well. Um, I'm gonna play. Uh, <laughs> the band is uh, the band is Fashion Pimps and the Glamazons. Okay. <coughs> the album. You know what? K. You know what? You know what? K. K. Uh, the album is called uh, is Jazz for Johnny. <laughs> the first song is called Free World. Boy, that's aggressive. It's highly aggressive. 
What? Boy, that is dissonant. Yeah, I like it. it sounds like bees having sex. <laughs> it's a free fucking world. It's a fucking slum. <laughs> it's a crazy kind of place. It sounds it's like bees well, all right, go ahead and mute him. I'm hey, done, Michael. No, you know what? I'll just say no, this. I'm done. No, no, I'll just say this. Yeah. I, cool. Not my thing. I'm glad you like it. I, really. I, I do actually enjoy it. I do like you? It. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's a, a little song too, album. There, there's something about that droning that I just can't. I need to have something that sounds like the Edge playing punk. <laughs> I mean, they have other songs besides that one, like... <laughs> That's, that's two edge jokes in one podcast. Uh, we are we were the edge of progressive Christian podcasts. Play that do the same shit every week. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, is it my turn? Yeah, sure. Dude, that yeah. pin vison is fucking great. Is it? Yes. I'll, I'll have one of those. That's next a really week. good vice beer, man. Uh, dude. Okay, so Remy Wolf. Yeah, I listened to this the too. Song, the album is called Juno. I will just say, this This is one of the beautiful things about opening yourself up to There's no shit. reason I should like this album, but, but, but I do. But that's the thing. I know. Who gives a shit? I know. You like know. it or you don't. Yeah. Like, you it's play not my that, style. You like that? I don't like... But what's what I do you know. mean my style? Like, well, things I prefer, whole shit. Things I prefer... I'm just saying, like, one of the beautiful things about opening myself up, like, Billie Eilish is on my top ten... Albums of the That's year list. Album. Halsey. These are people that I've never really listened to because yep. I've had some dumb fucking like. Because they're pop. They're popular. I mean, so yeah, so it's like, oh, I won't like that. So I don't even listen. It's like be, opening yourself up is a beautiful fucking thing. You know what's pop? Candy is pop and it tastes fucking delicious. <laughs> yes. That's what you know what's pop? Pizza and hamburgers. It's funny that you said that because this album to me, I said to Mandy, I sent it to her and I was like, you're going to love this album. It is pure processed sugar. Yeah, what, what, I you, what I tell you, it was, it was sass and sugar is what it is. It's, it's, it's just, a real it's, sassy album. It's it's a yeah. it's it's just eating a spoonful of sugar. It's fucking wonderful, and it's just fun. So the album is called Juno. The artist is Remy Wolf. This is the song "Quiet on Set." There's no profundity in this album. This lady is hooked. Oh, I love this. It's so good, dude. Yeah, dude. I know. I listened on the way home. God, it's fun. All right. (laughs) Two girls, two cups. Yep. (laughs) What was that? I guess Mandy looked her up at Remy Wolf. R E M I Wolf. It's fierce and sassy and sugary. God, it's fun. Yeah. And, and (laughs) it's just so fucking great. It's pure sugar. Yeah. It's just an adrenaline rush of an album. Yeah. And I just fucking love it. I just love it. It, It's just so, God, man, one of my top 10 things of 2021 ought to be like opening myself up to new shit. Yeah. And just without judging it, without prejudging something like, yep. And this is a classic example. I saw this album. I was like, okay, well, why not? I'll give it a shot. I read like a description. I'm like, 
That sounds fun. You know what? Do you know what that reminds me of? Um, so my son went to uh, occupational therapy for for years, and what they would do is uh, he would try new new foods, yeah. and they would call it the snake test. Just you know, put your tongue on there for just a second, see yeah. see how it tastes. And that's what that's what you're talking about is just trying something out new. Yep. It's a yeah. snake test. Yeah, yeah, it is. So so anyway, yeah. Let's just download that album. Fucking dance! I dance in the car when it comes on. Like, I mean, it's it's funny. Like talking about embodiment. I think yeah. I'm, I meant to mention this. We just didn't have time. I meant to mention this to to Hillary when we were talking to her. Was or no? Wait, is this coming on before Hillary? This anyway, is before Hillary. It doesn't matter. So the no, idea of cares. the idea of time embodiment. The idea yeah. of embodiment that she's talking about. I remember. I think it was last time she was on. She mentioned like I was talking to her about how much I didn't really care for my body, and mm-hmm. she talked about one thing that can be liberating is like to move your body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I kind of laughed her off the podcast with it because I was just like, like, I'm like, I'm going to ever do that shit. I do that now. And it is, she was fucking yeah. right the entire time. So yep. at my niece's, I dance in the shower. I dance in my car. I like, it's just fucking fantastic. At my niece's wedding, there was dancing and there were like, you know, sometimes there's like dancing where people are just like, you know, doing the thing. But this was like, people were free dancing having a good time and it was it was awesome just to see that freedom and movement yep yep Um, what you got michael so this is a uh, plug for hymns of reconstruction this is a (laughs) song that we're gonna have on the next episode uh and i feel like it needs to be shared with this audience because it's so fucking good uh it's called it's the artist is rabel w-r-a-b-e-l okay uh the song is mike rabel (laughs) yeah uh the song is the village so Mike Rabel, he's the coach of the Titans. Oh, yeah, he was the linebacker for the, the Patriots. Mike yeah. Rabel. No, Mike this is Rabel. not him. This so is how him. you spell it, Mike? W- this is the Polish R- version of Just him. W-R-A-B-E-L. Okay. So, are you done? Mike Rabel. No, it's not. No. Stop it. All right, this is The Village. Can we so. confiscate, Can we start confiscating his pen about halfway through the podcast? Because <laughs> it's too late. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, your mom don't get it, and your dad don't get it, Uncle John don't get it. And you can't tell Grandma, cause her heart can't take it, and she might not make it. They say, don't dare, don't you even go there, cutting off your long hair, you do as you're told. Till you wake up, go put on your makeup This is just a phase you're gonna outgrow There's something wrong in the village In the village Oh, they stare in the village In the village Oh, there's nothing wrong with you Just that idea wow. that uh, that's yeah. incredible voice. It's, God, that yeah. is like fierce. It's, yeah, it, it's obviously about the LGBT community and just that's an earnest you know, fucking voice, right? Yeah, now. it is. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. So hymns of reconstruction on Spotify. Check it out. Just gonna keep plugging that, aren't you, buddy? Yeah, I mean, we only doing one tonight. I like it. No, I'm doing another one. Oh, Fuck okay. it. Go ahead, Matt. What do you got? Uh, so I'm doing a Christmas song. You're next. gonna make you're gonna make fun of the name, <laughs> and that's fine. I don't care. Who so cares? The 
it's a it's ostensibly it's a it's a jazz album, but it's got so much different in- instrumentation that it sort of morphs into like more of a world music sort of thing. Uh, the 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 group is Al Dash. It's Jis, J I, and then two French C's. The C's okay. with the C's with the little squiggles underneath it. What the fuck? That. Oh, okay. You, know you sent me this. I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, we we listened to it. When we were smoking cigars. The sort other of, except the well, guy except was the- cleaning the road. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, I, the album's called Chance. Man, I just like I love jazz albums, and this one is so different than most than like just classical jazz that you think of. Uh, I'm just gonna play part of the, it's, the first song is called Daff Song, so I'll just play that one. I've listened to this about four or five times. It's already. pretty good, man. The yeah, stuff it, we were listening to, the stuff yeah. I can hear over stuff the street could, sweeper. Yeah. <laughs> Blowing dust in our drinks. And Jesus Christ. I had gritty teeth for about six hours. like a classic jazz element to it yeah yeah there is but then there's this like like there's some arab like sort of arabian type stuff to it like persian uh african rhythms i mean yeah. it's just yeah it's very cool it's a really relaxing sit outside yes have a is. cigar album. Oh, i've read i can't tell how much i've read while listening to this let me play just a, a little bit more of this sorry yeah that like the horn that's a clarinet yeah i, I mean pretty sure that's a clarinet anyway yeah go ahead turn yeah. it down, Michael. i just i no, really that might be a saxophone i can't tell yeah i can't ash anyway. glenn is pissed at you both yeah <laughs> Why? sorry buddy sorry well, he's a band director for yeah God's that's a good point yeah sorry buddy <laughs> that was the oboe my friends <laughs> that was the bassoon uh i've got uh pokey lafage great fucking out. Is this the new Dude, one or the old one? It's the new one. New one. Well, he's got a bunch of old yeah, ones. Like, I mean... So... Dude, yeah, this on the, fucking I'm guy. A, so two I'm weeks on the pokey, ago, I'm on the Pokey Lafarge train. <laughs> two weeks ago, I made a joke, a Pokey Lafarge joke on this. Mm-hmm. I'd heard of him. I'd never listened to his music. Yeah. And I think we were talking about Constant Checks In. Yeah. Bucky Lafarge. <laughs> that was Pee Wee Bucky Herman's Lafarge car- uh, was Paul P- Rubens character. Yeah. So we were talking about that. And I made a Pokey Lafarge joke out of nowhere because I, like I said, I've never listened to his music. I don't even know where I've ever heard of him. And so we were at Travis and Sheila's wedding, and I was making, and we were laughing about it. And Travis was like, "Yeah, I've seen him in concert. He's pretty great." And I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" And so I, on the way home from Louisville that day, I decided I'll download a couple of Pokey Lafarge albums. Holy shit, this guy's fantastic! I know it's early Roy Orbison early elvis there's some rockabilly there's some like americana there's some country like dude i mean it's so good it's so good that mandy and i are going to see him next month in indy (laughs) we've been listening to him outside sitting around the fire great man and it is fucking perfect it's great and i said i was like holy shit he's coming to the hi-fi in indy which is a great venue yeah we saw duran jones there and he's still eating candy corn and i said (laughs) And I said to her, I was like, you want to go see Pokey Lafarge? She's like, 
Yeah. I was like, tickets yeah. are 20 bucks. Fuck wow. yeah, we're I mean, going to That'll be to a see. mellow fucking show. I mean, it's so good. Yeah. Anyway, so this is his new album. Just came out Friday. It's called In the Blossom of Their Shade. Uh, the song is called Rotterdam. It's a throwback, man. It is. He's a throwback. Roy Orbison, man. It just it reminds me of like a Back to the Future soundtrack. Yes. What would be played in a Back to the Future? I told Mandy, I'm like, I've never seen a picture of this guy performing. I can tell you exactly what kind of guitar he plays. Yeah. <laughs> no cutout. It's the big Gibson. With no cutout. Like from uh, Back to the Future when he plays in Back to the Future. Oh, the red. It's going to be just like that. All right. I mean, he's he's so fun. It's good. It's so fun. It's just like, it it puts you, it it puts me, when I listen to it, it puts me in a different time period. Yeah. Where it's like, I swear to God, I was born in the wrong time period. (laughs) There's some other part of my consciousness in another fucking universe or something where I live in the 50s or, or early 60s and listen to that kind of music. Yep. God, so good. All right, I'm going to save the Christmas songs for later for okay. Christmas time. I got two good ones. That's disappointing. Up. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Building in <laughs> you, anticipation. You fucking cock tease. Yeah. Well, do you want a Christmas? I can do a Christmas song. I okay. want one. Bring it. All right. Who uh, cares? Um, this is... Uh, Talk to Ober, Michael. What? Talk to Ober. Talk to Ober? Talk to Ober. Talk to Ober? It's October. Talk to Ober? Just play your song. Okay. <laughs> this is Dan Rodriguez. Hell yeah. The snow is falling and the air is crispy. Every girl and boy is filled with joy as they open presents filled with toys. But all I want for Christmas is whiskey. Fucking A, man. I don't want Hell God yeah. damn. Yep. Hell yeah. This is the official Christmas anthem of the podcast. Hold, hold, hold that thought. All right, so you say that's the official Christmas anthem. <laughs> this is also Dan Rodriguez. I'll let you <laughs> judge if this is the song for Christmas. I'm in. I'm in already. Trombone. I'm in with the trombone. Grandma's in the kitchen making pumpkin pie. Papa's in his chair sipping brandy on ice. I love, I love it. Is that a trombone or trombone? That's a trombone. Trombone. Is it? Wait. But we know it's just a matter of time. And so before we all start to fight, I'm gonna get real high. <laughs> Boy, either one. I mean, We're gonna have that could be Brad's anthem, and the other one could be my anthem. Yeah. I don't care if everyone is suspicious. <laughs> yep, I'm where, in. Where the fuck do you find this stuff, dude? So it's amazing. It's to so me good. What you find? So Dan Rodriguez followed the the hymns of Reconstruction. No way. Twitter. No shit. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I was like, I'll check out some of his music. Holy shit. Dude, amazing. Awesome. Um, and then it was like Christmas songs. I'll, I'll, I'll see what that's about. So it's really, his stuff's good. Let's get him on the pod. So. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Just yeah. A, like Dude, a special. I'm in. That shit's fucking Just like fantastic. a special Christmas episode. Yeah. We don't do anything but the interview. Like, that that's would be amazing. Fantastic. Uh, I don't think he has to have a Christmas. It's just two songs. He just has the two Christmas songs. Yeah, but they're, they're top tier. So. They are. <laughs> He's probably got a Wikipedia page. We'll yeah. look him it up. Suck my balls. He probably did something Stevens. terrible. Who knows? Yeah. Who, who needs eighteen Christmas albums? <laughs> you can just have two great fucking songs. Take it. Take it. Take a hint. Yeah. See if you're on. Uh. All right. Well, this concludes music time. Goodbye. Oh, that wasn't recorded, was it? Yeah, it was. Hot Simone Bile got it. What? Oh, I don't have one. God, <laughs> man. With Gary Busey. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Good morning, my friends. I made a new friend today. Be patient. Hashtag Uncle Gary. His friend is be patient? He got a dog, didn't he? Uh, no, I think it's a no, butterfly. His, his dog's name is B Patient. B A Patient. <laughs> it's a patient because it's in the mental hospital that he's also in. <laughs> oh, Uncle Gary. Was was he in Girl Interrupted? <laughs> no, that was Winona Ryder. That was what man, I thought that was uh I think that was Winona Ryder, wasn't it? And Angelina right. Jolie. Angelina Jolie is who mm-hmm. I thought it was. It was both. I, haven't, I, it's I been, think they're both in it. It's been so long since I've watched that movie late at night. I can tell you. Uh-huh. You sure Gary Busey wasn't a girl? I've not seen Girl Interrupted. I don't know. Are you saying that Gary Busey isn't the titular character of Girl Interrupted? No, I'm pretty sure he's not. The titular Oh my god. <laughs> Alright, what are we doing? Uh, I guess we can go into the news feed. Are we forgetting something? I feel like we're forgetting something. Oh, well, well we're forgetting news feed. We didn't do <laughs> We didn't do music time beforehand. So Yeah, we're, yeah, that's yeah. that's what it is. We're really Sorry. cruising right through nap time. <laughs> you yeah. beat me to it. <clears throat> I hit the button, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Michael, God damn, boy, I do not know what I'm looking at here. Oh, here's one. Uh, okay, guy posts. Uh, Michael, you like these? Guy posts a deep shower thought every day for a year. Remember when you guys used to shit on me yeah, for no. doing these? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thanks a lot. No, we didn't. Yes, you did. <laughs> no, we absolutely. It's did. actually documented. Yeah, it's roll, documented. Roll that beautiful yeah. beat. Uh, here are thirty of the best. I won't do all thirty, obviously. Um, <laughs> but he probably will. Uh, if the Earth was flat, the edge would probably be a tourist attraction. Yeah, that's it. Well, yeah, some people consider the edge a terrorist attraction. <laughs> Did you say terrorist attraction? Well, when in Rome, <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. None of that made sense. A tourist attraction. Yeah. You're talking about the edge from you too. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I'm not, somebody I'm not, gets my YouTube. I'm jokes. not even going to say anything. Yeah. Somebody uh, gets my YouTube. Anyway, jokes. Uh, if a blind person hates you, they hate you as a person. <laughs> <laughs> You might have made a decision that saved your life without knowing it. Oh, man, I've thought about that before. Mm-hmm. That's... Dude, watch um, that show on um, 
on Hulu. The what's the one with uh, Ron Swanson in it? Oh, uh, <laughs> what's that called? Uh, I'm blanking Debs? on it. Devs. Yeah, I never did watch that. Oh my god, <laughs> I, I still think about him pulling no. out of his driveway because oh, it has it's a multi it's multiple reality multiple realities. Yeah, but it shows like him backing out of his car in every possible way that he could have. At the same time, it's pretty crazy. Watch the fucking show. Um, so if you have multiple children, the oldest sibling is basically classified as an emergency adult. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, if Satan punishes bad people, doesn't that make him good? <laughs> hmm. That's really good. Uh, how Wait, you, that's, you, that's, yeah, I mean, yeah. How do blind people know? You, how do blind people know when to stop wiping? Wow. Well, <laughs> with their tongue. Oh my God. Jesus. Jesus. Back up. Or Where's no, the terrible towel? Their nose. nose. They could smell. Was it the? T- you went from lick to smell, not the other way around. Like, I got there. It's all that matters. <laughs> wow. Uh, People say Brad keeps freezing. He's out of the frame right now. <laughs> Uh, every human in history has looked at the same sun you have. Every what? Every human in history has looked at the same yeah, sun you have. I mean, have. that's, yeah. Mm. Except for the blind ones. Uh, Am I still freezing? I think con- I'm freezing. Considering, God, octop- considering octopuses can change color, shape, and texture, everything could be octopuses. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> Brad, you just look like the guy from the Pepsi commercial. Yeah, Max Headroom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple more. Um <laughs> Ears are ears, ears are smoke detector detectors. Hmm. Okay. Oh. Hmm. Oh. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and just restart my computer. Now. Yeah. And here's a here's a here's one in on uh, every decision. Every decision you've ever made has led you to me. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. God. Okay. I mean, that's yeah. God bless the you broken know. roads that led you straight to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's a, here's actually one to end on. Uh, being, being it looks in, like Brad is being filmed on a potato. <laughs> <laughs> well, last one. Uh, being immortal would suck after the sun explodes. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, another one. Another story. Um, well, if you're immortal, what? do you just take like really long naps? <laughs> You could get your circadian rhythm to be so jacked up that you just sleep for a year. Like, but then wouldn't that imply that you'd also be awake for? Yeah, a year? awake for a year. Yeah, like a like a like a polar bear or something. Like a, <laughs> no, like a grizzly think, bear. I don't think polar like hibernate. Bears do that. Well, I'm mean, just like hibernation. <laughs> uh, okay, in uh, Harambe news. Oh, Harambe! A seven foot tall statue R. of Harambe. Country's right. never been the same. Yeah, the ghost of Harambe is that a what we're seven foot about? tall statue of Harambe, a seventeen year old silverback gorilla who captivated the internet as a viral meme, uh, has been installed. God, can, has can been you imagine reading that sentence to somebody from nineteen hundred. No, or somebody like a thousand <laughs> years from now. Like, you would literally the fuck. What is you would literally watch their heads explode. Trying to figure out what the fuck you yeah. just said. Uh, it's been installed opposite the Charging Bull in Manhattan's financial district. Oh, nice. The massive bronze gorilla appeared in Bowling Green Park surrounded by 10,000 bananas. That is uh, Natalie Merchant's lesser known. Uh, 10,000 bananas. <laughs> God, that's a great joke. Uh, <laughs> what was that worship song about? 
something valian or something or millions. Or what the fuck? I don't know. There was a, there's a worship Ten song. Ten Thousand Charms. That was Robbie Seaman. No, a, that was a, a good I was thinking song. of a different one. Hmm? There was a different one, too. I did 10,000 Charms. I did a lot from that album. That album was a great album. Yeah. I bet it doesn't hold up. <laughs> no, I'm sure it doesn't. I did 10,000 Lucky Charms. <laughs> what? That's, yeah. that's great, Michael. Um, yeah, anyway, there's 10,000 Bananas, which is a lot of fucking bananas surrounding it. That is. That's a lot. <laughs> uh, it's meant to, dedicated to putting the needs in Wolf. Uh, wait a minute. The statue's organizers, founders of Sapien.network, a social media platform dedicated to putting the needs and welfare of human beings first, said the display was meant to showcase how Wall Street has become bananas, according to NBC. Get it? Bananas? Uh, yeah, I think I okay. got it. Uh, the organization will later donate the fruit to local banks and community fridges after everybody pees on it, probably, because it's New York. Um, New York. Yeah, any, uh, Harambe is a representation of something that, let, that lets us look at more than just ourselves. What are we responding to as people? Uh, it's about connecting. The simple gesture of giving a banana <laughs> builds community. Harambe uh, is really the voice of our generation. <laughs> nope. No. He's not saying anything, Michael. They mm. killed him. His, his voice lives on in our hearts. <laughs> no, he dragged a three-year-old boy into his enclosure, and they shot him because of it. So. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> that's, Guess that's, he had it coming. That's, <laughs> well, I mean, it was either that or he Harambe got what he deserved. Or he ripped the child's arm off and beat it to death with him. I mean... Wow. Like, Nothing for that. What? <laughs> Robbie got what he deserved. <laughs> Lenny's eating the eating the <laughs> It's green beans. Green man. beans, buddy. <laughs> anyway, By the way, the, the coffee one was actually apple pie and coffee. Oh, okay. Ooh. So. Well, I didn't get a whole lot I of apple coffee. pie. It was, it was all it coffee. Was good. Yeah. That was the best one of any of them, I think. Yeah, I Brad, like fourteen news. of them. Uh well, I mean Are you back in or? hold on a minute? All right. I'm restarting my computer because. Are you like right now? You are this one, not not the one we're recording on. Rod Harder. (laughs) 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 Uh, Newsfeed. Brad, you got anything to say about Newsfeed? Uh, Canadian woman. Uh, Is this in honor of Hillary coming back on the podcast? It is. Yes. Uh, Canadian woman woken by meteorite crash landing yeah, in her I bedroom on her bed. So, I mean, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like, let's see, eleven thirty p.m. Pacific time, so middle of the night for yeah. us. It said, uh, I, "She said I just jumped up and turned on the light. I couldn't figure out what the heck had happened." Well, yeah, like, Harrison. Had been showered with debris from a hole punched in her ceiling, and there was a hot rock on the pillow next to her. It would have killed her. Like I you mean, talk about, like, like what are the odds of it? I mean, honestly, oh, the God. odds are like I, I saw. The Is odds. there something on here? Okay, yeah. well, you say that Dwayne the Rock Johnson was on her bed. <laughs> he said hot rock. <laughs> Dear Lenny, what are you saying? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, she's got a picture of it. It's a sizable chunk of... Oh, it would have killed her. I mean, there's no, there's no way it would have killed her. Yeah. I mean, like, how does this... Like, you have to know you're the un, most unlucky person on Earth yeah, at this point, pretty right? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Or I guess... The, if you got hit by it. Uh, the odds of being killed by a meteorite are 1 in 250,000. But it, doesn't that also have to go up if you're indoors under would, a roof? I would like, think so, yeah. I mean, this is just from a another thing i found it's not from that article 
Yeah, I mean, she said the only other thing I can say think of saying is life is precious and it could and I and it could be gone at any moment. Even when you think you're safe and secure in your bed, I hope I never ever take it for granted again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, this is this is from August. Uh, chance of being hit by meteors one in eight hundred forty million. Yeah, it's n- it's not great. No, I mean that's like worse chance than winning the lottery, <laughs> isn't it, or something? Like, yeah. Yep. Huh. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. really it's really something. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I, I know. I mean, that's yeah, that's insane. Um, Matt, do you have anything else? I don't know if insurance covers meteors or not. I mean, it w- they would have to, right? I don't know, man. Sometimes they don't cover weird stuff like that. Maybe Farmers does. I mean... Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> they would have to cover it. Surely called, there's not a... Jason. Or does this come under the axe of God or yeah, whatever? It, might, like, I, it may. I, man, I don't know. I don't have anything else. Who cares? I, I'm just going to try to find something and... Go ahead. Try. I got time while I log into my All right. A ninja with a sword assailed a U.S. Army Special Operations Unit in California. Is what? Read that again. A ninja with a sword assailed a U.S. Army Special Operations Unit in California. Jeez. How'd that go? Well, I am ninja. Um, you are ninja. Yeah, that's right. Ninja. Uh, a man wearing full ninja garb, in quotes. <laughs> So take of that what you will, I guess. Let your imagination run wild. Um, yeah, in the middle of the night, he attacked in the, in the California the desert. <laughs> Set his... I go walking in the street. Oh, my God. That song is awful. <laughs> we don't know the words, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was looking for something. Like Who sang that? Billy Joel, what, isn't it? Was that Rhinestone Cowboy? Were you about like to break a Rhinestone <laughs> Cowboy. <laughs> ba, ba. Uh, the the victim was... Joel, I think, wasn't it? it, it we, he, we just he, needed a segment so, of the podcast where we just remember songs. <laughs> <laughs> that would be our best segment ever. Yeah. Hey, hey, we'll hey, start hey, that hey, next what's week. What's that song with the guy that sings the words and then he does the dance? <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's way. That's boy, here's a random <laughs> thought. Oh, man, by the way, I'm like, <laughs> I watched Peppa Pig for 45 minutes last night. <laughs> How high were you? Have you ever really watched that show? No. Like, okay, keep in mind, none of my kids are at Peppa Pig age. Like, yeah. they're all, all way older yeah. than Peppa Pig age. And I, I just saw it. I was scrolling through YouTube TV, and I was like... Right, what the hell? So I clicked on there. All the things on TV. I got Peppa Pig. absolutely sucked into it. I'm Peppa Pig. Dude, that is the most fucked up show on television. And I can't believe they let children watch Wait, it. Were you watching Peppa Pig or were you watching like, like there's some dark, dark Peppa Pig shit out there no, on the dark net? <laughs> is there? There is some dark Peppa Pig shit okay. on the dark net. Michael, what? how do you know this? I have my sources. Don't worry. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. No, 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 no. no. Michael. No. no. All right, you on with your story. I'm, I'll be <laughs> anyway. So anyway, the horrible truth about Peppa Pig. <laughs> the whole YouTube video about it. It's a that show is really the dark weird. truth about Peppa. Why are Peppa there, Pig. their noses are on the sides of their head, man? Like what the. 
what is going on it's with a cartoon that? man i mean i was watching it and i was like absolutely hypnotized by it it was like how do you have any idea how many people this has to get through <laughs> to end up on television <laughs> nobody waved the red flag yeah. on that one god anyway ninja sword he had, he injured a couple of people uh the victims are members of the 160th Special Operations Aviation Regiment, SOAR, hmm. according to Stars and Stripes newspaper. It's like reputable, but that's a far that's, left that's, rag. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the military news. Is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, the incident so, report yeah, sure. quickly drew attention I'm after sure it was. I'm sure it's incredibly left wing. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> um. It describes how a staff sergeant was smoking a late night cigarette near an airport hangar when an unknown person wearing full ninja garb approached him with a question. Do you know who I am? The man asked. The sergeant said he did not. Do you know where my family is? The man asked. When the sergeant said he did not know, the person in ninja garb began to slash at him with a katana. Yeesh. Did he hit him? Adding that the sergeant's leg and phone were struck. Jeez. And people say phones are ruining our lives. Yeah. This motherfucker would have to say that dudes were getting hand cut off. Michael, what do you uh, what you doing there, I'm, buddy? I was just holding up my phone because my computer's not working right now and reading about the, the dark history of Peppa, Peppa Pig. <laughs> There's some fanfic so, out there. It's pretty fucking dark. Uh, the sergeant ran, jumped a fence, and reached a building where he joined others from his company as he and a captain locked the doors and called 911. Like, just shoot this motherfucker. Yeah, you're I mean, on a, you're on a military you're a special ops like group. Like somebody couldn't grease this guy. <laughs> God, how is it possible that nobody in the military thought maybe we should just put two behind this guy's ear? <laughs> I just don't understand. <laughs> Fucking old yeller, that motherfucker. <laughs> God. Have your so they, they, yeah, they say called 911. Help police. Our $8 trillion a year military needs help fighting off a ninja. Jesus Christ. Um, Nobody had a frag grenade. I, like, here's a, or a this fucking is a, claymore. This is an actual heading on this. It's a heading. A heading. The ninja did not obey deputy's orders. Well, he's a fucking ninja. I mean, That's why would you? Sentence. That's a great line. I answer to no one except the shredder. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So everybody's fine, but that's just fucking weird, man. Like these guys fly. These guys use helicopters to put like Navy SEALs into mm -hmm. and other special ops yeah. into the field. Yeah. So I'm guessing they're pretty highly trained. They're too. special ops pilots. I mean, yeah, but I mean, yeah. not, I mean, surely it can't just be piloting that those guys are like good at. No, I'm sure not. Because but, if you, yeah. you know, if that fucker goes down in the jungle, man. Mm. Oh, they like, I mean, they take SNR, SAR training. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. Anyway, the battalion is based at Fort Campbell, <clears> Kentucky. <throat> oh, there's a ninja in Kentucky. Well, I don't know because it said they were in the desert. So I'm thinking oh, they training. weren't there okay. just ninjas doing some everywhere. training. How do, just, guy, I just don't know. How does this fucking guy just decide? How do you just wake up one day and go, I don't I'm going to dress man. as a ninja and go attack an army installation? <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. I mean, like, like, what's your what's, end game? <laughs> what's your fucking end game with that? Like, it's like this isn't a video game, dude. Like, it's, this is not Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, that's all I've got, Michael. All right, what all do right. You... so the, so let's talk about the Peppa Pig thing. No, so really, we covered it on the podcast. Did. Remember when we talked about the YouTube videos where there, YouTube had this big thing years ago where they took a bunch of videos off of YouTube. Um, cause what was happening is kids would watch a video, it would lead them autoplay to another video that was similar, but a little bit different. And, uh, as it, as it got, as it went on, the, the, the further they watched the auto populated videos, they would get darker. So you'd start with Peppa Pig, it would lead to another Peppa Pig, then a fan version of Peppa Pig. Then you're watching Ass Blaster 69. Well, <laughs> and then you're watching, Pig. <laughs> you're watching your favorite, uh, with a cameo by daddy pig, you're watching, uh, <laughs> Um, <laughs> Hello, Peppa. You're, you're watching your favorite cartoon characters in situations I'm of a violence, fat moron. of violence and death. Peppa? So, there's a video of Peppa Pig drinking bleach. <laughs> Fucking stop! God, there's a video of Peppa Pig drinking bleach, making mouth, getting being run over by a car. Um, Dude, what the fuck is wrong? Self harm, the the. Uh, Crying, you know, just a lot of shit in these These videos. Kind of people that dress up as fucking ninjas and tech bases. (laughs) Well, what happens? that guy, that guy's harmless compared to this. It's a Venn diagram. Well, those are on. It's a circle, and those are on paid for on things, so they get the ad placement. So people were making (laughs) thousands and thousands of dollars on alternate. So it's really about money. It has nothing to do. with Oh yeah. So your kids are watching Peppa Pig drink bleach, and what am I doing wrong? Somebody's getting paid. These motherfuckers are making these. I'm shit watching these videos. YouTubers. These guys like. Have you ever watched Mr. Beast? No. Miles loves Mr. I've Beast. I've watched enough. And of- I will say something about Mr. Beast. So, I mean, they will, this dude gives away houses, gives away like he'll give away like million dollar prizes sometimes for shit. He'll just walk in to like a GameStop and buy the store, like wow. everything in it, and then go donate all the shit. Like, so he does really good stuff, but it's like this mother, who the fuck is this guy? Nobody knows who he is. And he just shows up one day and he's got like millions of dollars. Does he have a costume up? Does he have like a costume or something? No. Oh, they know who he is. They're just saying that he was a nobody before. I I mean, I guess I just, well, it's like, I mean, uh, all the things that all the gamers that Jude watch. Yeah. I like, (laughs) like Moosecraft or something. What the fuck is it? What? Moosecraft? Moosecraft. And he's got a like a brother. Dude, does, I, I tell I you mean, right now, if you like, if what you the fuck is this? I tell you what, mm-hmm. if you ever get a chance to, uh, wait, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Surprising, Michael. What do you got? Moosecraft. Moosecraft. Oh, if if Jude ever starts watching a guy named Pungence, yeah, turn it off. Okay, break the computer okay. or the TV. Okay, and just deal with the tantrum. That dude is the fucking worst. I used to get almost viscerally angry when Miles. There was would be somebody else. It. There was somebody that Jude watched for a long time that I. He was like a high pitched English voice. Oh, it's uh, a Stampy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, stampy Long. Yeah, that guy could die in a fucking airplane crash. He's fine. He's no. harmless. Oh my god. He's harmless. We went through a. He's at least thing. nice. Oh, he's fun. He's nice, but oh my god, his voice. We almost uh, at one point all the boys got into Stampy at some yeah. point, and. He was at Comic Con in Indy, and we almost went and unspeakable. Paid so they that's could. one Ruben. Yeah, fuck that guy. Unspeakable. Unspeakable. Yes. Oh, is that one? I don't know that. Yeah, one. gamer. Oh god. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, my computer just doesn't want to work today, so <laughs> it's fine. whatever. Um. So that was Did my pet pig it? story. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just restarted well. it, and it's still not really loading, so it's fine. Um, let's do a story about Piers Morgan. <laughs> 
he is criticizing the cowardly Rolling Stones for dropping brown sugar from their set. So Rolling Stones dropped brown yeah, sugar, right. which yeah. is about making love to a slave woman. Yeah. And um, it's, not, it's not great. <laughs> it <laughs> no, is very, very bad. Also not great. So, Mick Jagger in like the 60s and 70s. Yeah. So <laughs> Piers Morgan <laughs> is, is, is saying it's cowardly of them to do that. Piers what Morgan. Piers Morgan. Shit. Shut up, Piers Morgan. Fuck him. What a garbage human being. <laughs> God, he's just the, the absolute worst of humanity. He makes Sean Hannity look like not a cyborg. Piers Morgan is just, oh, God. Michael, what are you doing? I'm He's looking at my news articles on my phone. It won't, it won't load. Because my computer's not working right. All right. New Zealand lays off its official city wizard after 23 years of loyal service. <laughs> I saw this, yeah. The official city, city wizard. Yeah, they fired him, man. What are you doing? Yep. And weren't they just paying this Since, guy like basically nothing? Like It wasn't like a... So, since 1998, UK-born Ian Brackenberry. Uh, Boy, that's the most UK uh, name Ian ever. Brackenbury. Brackenbury. Close enough. Uh, has been paid a solid it's 16 Brackenbury. NZD, which is uh, $11,300 per year <laughs> in US, US. I'm sure that was really breaking New Zealand's budget. Yeah. But still. To be like, the official wizard for the city of Christchurch in, in New Zealand. Now, after slightly more than two decades that's of being a hell on of the a city's payroll. <laughs> I mean, dude, I would be a. The fuck did he even do? I mean, what did he do? Just show up places? He did acts of wizardry and other wizard like (laughs) services. No, he didn't. Well, I mean, like. He was performing his wizard shtick in public spaces through the 70s and the 80s. And then they just decided to pay him? (laughs) Yeah, I guess. They decided to. Yeah. Listen, I think there's people that can do crazy shit, but like. I'm not sure it's worth using tax dollars Pe- to uh, the, the we'll pe- use it for worse things here. I mean, are, my God. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, <but> seriously. <laughs> spent That's trillions true. of dollars on a war. <laughs> and we just, the, we just deuced really out of well. Yeah, well, well see you later. Yeah. Well, we'll try again next year. <laughs> Big gulps, huh? <laughs> All, All right. right. <laughs> see you later. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so we Jim carried him. <laughs> we Lloyd christmas him out yeah, of 7-Eleven. <laughs> So uh, I guess apparently the the city council tried to stop him from being a wizard, um, <laughs> and then the they prime, just decided to pay him. And the New Zealand's prime minister finally relented in 1990. Yeah, fuck it, pay him. Ask him, <laughs> yes, sir, asking just... if he considered being New Zealand's official wizard. So, um, <laughs> why can't we have a prime minister like that? I, I, I mean, it's seriously, like, it's just like cool and like cares. Like that would be great. Well, we had one, and New Zealand's going to hell <laughs> now. Trump. No, it's no. all going to hell in a handbasket no. after this. So he says, I live in my what own universe. happens if like smog comes back now? People lose their shit. He says, I live I in my own universe. Him off. I, mean. I have no need for a driver's license, a bank account, or a social security number because he, I am a fish. Is it? I am a fictional character. <laughs> but really, when you think about it, aren't we all fictional yeah. characters? Yeah, it's true. We are all mm-hmm. living in a fictional world and i'm, and I'm a, a fictional, fictional girl <laughs> nailed it god we were thinking the same thing i have not heard that song in 30 years all right uh, uh now i want to hear it though a fictional a fictional, a fictional so a dog girl. was sucked in sucked up into a tornado tornado and tossed 300 meters by tornado he returned uh home after two weeks from the vet so he's alive 
Pom- good. Pom pom made it, guys. <laughs> How big a dog was it? That's got to be like a pomeranian. It's a, right? Yeah, it's it's a very tiny dog. That's a fucking pomeranian. Yeah, you brought, brought a pomeranian bowling. bowling. I didn't bring it bowling. Dude. What do you mean brought it bowling? I didn't rent it shoes. I'm not buying oh, it a fucking beer. Look at the not, puppers. It's not taking your fucking turn, dude. <laughs> oh, first of all, dude, you don't have an X. Secondly, you can't board it. It's air falls out. It's fucking showed all the fucking papers. <laughs> Everyone thought he would die. Uh, he lived. He lived on. If you will it, dude, it is no dream. Theodore Herzl, State of Israel. Um. <laughs> wow. That's the best comment we've ever had on no, here. No, it's from not. A, oh on. my god! Can we read it? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> So a woman from TikTok shared a unique horror story that has since gone viral. Um, it it seems the man she was she met on a dating app really really liked Taco Bell tacos. Um, Same. And he bought. Uh, she said it was the Boy. worst, the worst dating experience ever. He ordered a hundred tacos on the first date, and then asked the woman to pay. Whoa. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Said he lost his keys and and McMurray's a, a piece of shit to drive, and then gave her directions. Ended up in Taco Bell in the drive-through lane. Wow! He ordered a hundred hard shell tacos. What the <laughs> fuck? Who even eats hard shell tacos like a monster? I, I have nothing. Like I have my brain just locked McMurray's up. McMurray's a piece of shit. Yeah. That's the only I mean, thing to say. So he said she agreed to pay and then returned to his house only to eat the tacos at his kitchen table in silence. What the fuck? The man's father briefly joined. Oh, no. She took the remaining tacos with her. Well, she bought them. I mean, how many did he fucking eat? So I have I don't know. How many how many hard shell tacos could you eat in one sitting? From Taco Bell, just plain. How know. long do you think it took? It took for them to make a hundred tacos. I mean, it has to take you a half an hour at the least, right? Fifteen minutes. Wow, that's not bad. Hundred soft tacos at ours. It took take thirty minutes. Take twenty or yeah. thirty minutes. While they waited for the order, um, she said that he spent time th- that time talking about his ex girlfriend. Wow. Well, what are these yeah. guys doing, man? I don't know. What are they doing? All right, uh, that's that's really something. <laughs> I haven't seen, haven't heard anything quite like that in a while. Yep. So that's it. Yeah, I got nothing. All right, we're gonna go um, further up, further in. With how many tacos could you eat? How many tacos could I eat? Yeah, like hard shell, hard shell tacos in one sitting. In one sitting, hard shell tacos. Uh, uh, hard shells makes it worse. No, I don't think so. Oh yeah, crunchy. No, because those uh, I, I regularly eat four soft tacos. Well, that's nothing. I mean, yeah. Let's have a. We should have a contest. I'm not. No, we're not having a fucking contest where we eat until we explode. Of course, Lenny. No, no, I got to train for this one. Yeah, we do. I, I, I think. I, I think. I. If we're doing soft shell, it's a different. It's a much higher number. I see. I don't think so because the flour, the flour tortillas will expand more than a corn tortilla in your stomach. I know, but the, there's a lot more work to do the the crunchy to make sure you don't. Mm, I don't know if I agree. I don't with know, that. man. Mm. Just bring back the Mexican pizza. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, like you just you there was, have all the. By the way, there was no reason. There was no reason on earth to do did that. Did you have the chicken thing they made? 
Dude, I haven't been there for. It's a chicken in a pita wrap with sauce. That's all it is. It's a literal chicken finger in a <laughs> in like it. a pita wrap. I love that their chef is their the the chef of the executive chef of Taco Bell, and there is one by yeah. the way. Like that. That's what they came like, up with. You, you talk about being out of ideas. <laughs> Fuck it. Put a chicken finger well, in a pita. I'll make some sauce. <laughs> I'll make a mayonnaise based sauce. Yeah, that's oh all God. it is. <laughs> Like I went to talk, I, like I ordered my tacos. And I was like, I'll, I'll try one of those because they were new. <laughs> and I, I opened it. I was like, what the fuck is this? It's, it's, they're who trying to get in the chicken game, the fried chicken. I mean, I ate the bad boy, but I mean, what the fuck is with this guy? I, it was just, <laughs> who is he? I was like, what? What's the point of this? What the fuck is going on? Because that will sell a billion of them. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I just can't imagine. This I bet I haven't long. been to Taco Bell in over a year. I haven't been in a couple weeks. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna go further up, further in. Are we um, doing that? In like yep. eight, in like we still doing that? Minutes. Do we know? Yep. Have she confirmed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hillary <laughs> McBride will be back. It's still she, time to back out, Hills. <laughs> I think she was just on Jen Hatmaker's podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's like Wait. going from eating veal piccata to like a like a lukewarm, <laughs> like, like a the spam sandwich, more version of a veal piccata. Yeah. yeah. All right. So <laughs> mixed in a blender. We are ending this video. We'll like come back half, with Hillary like in just a moment. Spam sandwich. Can you guys shut up for five fucking seconds so I can play the song? Maybe. Thanks. <laughs> Maybe. I hit the button. Did you want me to play it? No, it's playing. It stopped. Nope, it's not. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jimmy, play it again. Try, let's try it again. Here goes. No, Are you doing it or am I? No, I'm not. Okay. Do you mean to do it? No, I'm doing it. Are you? <laughs> God, what a mess. Yeah. Yeah. And we're live. <laughs> We are live. Hillary McBride, back for the doctor, e- doctor, doctor Hillary, Hillary McBride. McBride. Oh my! She gosh. didn't go to evil medical school to be called <laughs> Mister. Thank you. So good to be with you all. It's been way too long. Um, I I creeped on our our interactions early in Twitter when we first conversated, and you tweeted at us, and are like. Um, I retweeted it just just today, so you'll you'll be able to go back and, and look at it. It's it's <laughs> yeah. insane. Uh, just I mean, it's been five years. You've got two books out now. You've been on dozens of podcasts. Uh, you were on what was the podcast you were on just recently? It was called the Liturgist. No, not that one. <laughs> the the, the you know, she, Jen, was a, she was a host. Jen, Jen Hatmaker. Jen Hatmaker. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're just you're big time now, and you're verified on Twitter. <laughs> The highlight of your career. That's that's what I did. All of the hard work to. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you're verified. You knew it would pay off one of these days, didn't you? That's, right. that's How, the mark. It's all downhill from here. So, did, so did you reach out to Twitter and be like, "I need to be verified," or did they? No. How, how how'd that happen? Uh, so I. You want These wanted, are the questions. I want, these are the questions she's wasting her night on. Yes. Journalistic material here. Uh, I. How did it happen? So CBC who produces my podcast, Other People's Problems, Mm -hmm. they were involved somehow. I think it was right before the release of season four of the podcast. So they reached out to Twitter. They did it on my behalf or something like that. That's awesome. That worked. Yeah. So it was really great. I mean, there are Canada's NPR. Yeah. So they they have connections. Very nice. They may be. (laughs) Yeah, it worked out. So uh, a a lot of stuff has happened. You uh, are. Wait, can I ask a question real quick? Yeah. 
So was there ever a discussion with your team on the C on the other people's problems uh, podcast? Was there ever a time that you guys discussed using Naughty by Nature's uh, OPP? I mean, we played it for her. I know, like, yeah, I need to like make it start keeping track of how many people ask that. <laughs> I mean, I play I played it on the podcast last time she was on. It's true. Yeah, you guys need some new material here. Yeah. Uh, no, well, I, to be fair, I don't remember much of anything. <laughs> I'm not sure if the producer would be familiar with that um, musical offering. Uh, so that was not part of the conversation. No. I'm guessing probably because she didn't know about it. Well, it did come out roughly 30 years ago. <laughs> hey, Hillary. God, seriously. 30 years We're ago. We're old. Just a real hot tip. Okay. For your for your professional um Are we going to interview her advice, or going to do this shit? Don't night? listen to anything we say. <laughs> you don't need that. We rarely that. do. Okay. Yeah, so. Probably a good call. <laughs> Thank yeah. God for that. Yes. Um, so you've got a new book out. I do. Thank you. And it's, I, I read it within like 26 hours. It's just, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and it's called <laughs> The Wisdom of Your Body. It's phenomenal. It is. Wow. Oh, thank your you. Your other so book was great too. I really enjoyed yeah. your other other book Maybe as well. Maybe a little less relevant personally though. Yeah. Or... Honestly, it, it was good for me to see that uh, side of things. I, I just had no idea of mm -hmm. the, the, the dynamics um, that mothers, daughters, um, and, and in relation to their bodies, how, how it affects, yeah. you know, all the women around me. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed both. This one is definitely more personal for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but really? the first one was more, uh, it was, it was very enlightening just mm -hmm. from a different perspective that I had no concept of. Yeah. Wow. So. I haven't finished yet. I'm about 60% through. I was like, I could speed read this and get nothing yeah. out of it. Or I could take oh. my, take my time. Yeah. With I'm it not finished like, with it, but I'm definitely, it's, I mean, I'll, I'll just say this. I'm not trying to butter your bread, but it's exactly the book I need to read right yeah. now. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've had terrible body image basically for, well, basically since middle school, mm -hmm. I think. So I've, I've been doing some childhood digging, but if I say yeah. any more, I'm going to have to, you're going to have to bill me. So there I just want to. There will be tears. There will yeah. be weeping. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. That means so yeah, much it's to great. me that it's impacted you and that it's connected personally. Yes. I think I took as many it. notes from my therapist to, to talk to my therapist about as I yeah. did to, to ask you questions. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, it's like, oh, well, that brought something well, up. Well, it's like, I have that. so much stuff bracketed <laughs> off. It's like, I might as well just bracket off the stuff that I'm not going to come back to. It would be a lot easier. Crossing out, yeah, those specific pieces out. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that. That's really meaningful. I mean, writing a book is such a solitary endeavor. Like, I really, I kind of forgot people would read it, and I think you kind of have to forget people would read it in yeah. a way. And also, like, but oh, this is for people, and then, and then it gets into the world, and people read it, and it it impacts them, and it integrates into their stories, and they offer that back to me, and yeah. it really is humbling, and yeah, just so moving. So thank you. Yeah. It's great. In the first chapter, you talk about how your body is a key element of in being fully alive. And, and we talk mm -hmm. a lot about uh, being present on this podcast. Um, and and uh, admittedly, I'll only really talk of that in terms of uh, mental presence. Uh, so what yeah. role does the body play in our ability to be fully alive? Yeah. Well, I mean... I don't think that life happens anywhere else. I think the idea that we move up into our heads to experience what, who we really are, like authentic connection, real life. I, I don't like none of the moments that you've had that have been the most vibrant for you, the most connected, the most meaningful happened because we were on kind of 
on an island intellectually by ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. They're they're the birth of a child. They're yeah. um, an experience traveling and the sensations around you, the smells, the sights, the touches, a sexual encounter, perhaps. Like there's something about the body which is constantly inviting us back into the here, back into the right now, like you were saying, into present. And then also connecting us back out to each other, to I think to the earth, to really what it means to be human in in a broader existential sense. So, I mean, I don't know how much you want me to go into it all right now, but I think I the mean, body is the place where life happens. Yeah, we're here. Go we're, so, we're here for you. <laughs> <laughs> You're the doctor. I yeah, mean, I mean, if we get to no other questions, it's fine. Just go. You talk. <laughs> yeah, there's like this is where life is. So if we're trying to live life, it wouldn't really make sense that being anywhere else would make us more ourselves, more alive, more connected. This, it all happens through the body. And I think that's part of where the schism is for most of us, because the body, if all life is here, that includes things like suffering and pain, it includes negotiation of power and politics and uh, distress, incarceration, death, really, like the body mm -hmm. that's, the body includes death. And so it makes a lot of sense that when those are really hard things to attend to, we eject out, but then we miss all of the other good stuff too. We miss what it's like to be experiencing pleasure and presence and connection and attunement and emotion and joy and sensuality. I mean, I could go on and really like life, mm -hmm. life happens here. Yeah. You say that uh, studies have shown that 90% of us loathe our bodies all across the gender spectrum. Um, no, no one is excluded in that. Um, how, how did, how did we get here to that place? Yeah, I think, oof. <laughs> I think that there's a, a few things. There's some recent historical things like how objectified body consciousness has, has become proliferated through the use of social media and access to images, which are unreal and constantly visible and running kind of in the background of our minds, shaping the way that we think about ourselves. So there's those kind of recent things that we know are doing something really significant to our cognition about bodies, to our perception of our bodies, ours and others. And then we have kind of the, the way that white supremacy has deeply impacted anti-fat biases and the stigmatization and the shame and the social ostracization of larger bodies in a way that is deeply political. And then if we go back even further, we can see that things like platonic thought, Gnosticism and colonization make us think that the body is a thing and is an object that is not us and is separate from who we really are, separate from what really matters. And all of those things I think begin to create the schisms within ourselves that make us feel like the body is is not good, but, and here's the caveat, it could be good if it looked like this, or it could Ooh, be redeemed yeah. like this, or yeah. if it was under control in this way. So the body is a liability, it's a problem. It's the way that we have been seen to, the, the way that we've come to understand, like maybe even in some cases why we're separated, separated from God, separated from ultimate good and love. And I think that that is at the root of where we start to see bodies as objects. Hmm. And then of course, like with anything else that's an object, um, it's really easy to commodify it. It's really easy to trade it. It's easy to say, well, I want a, a thing that is higher on the hierarchies of valuable things. Ooh. God, this is a free podcast. <laughs> I haven't said that in a while. But, but buy the book, buy the book. But buy the book. Good <laughs> Lord. I, like I, I, I've been realizing, I've been doing a lot of, um, uh, 
childhood wound digging lately. Uh-huh. Um, and <laughs> like basically I've realized recently that I've been living out of the wrong center. Like mm-hmm. I was, I've been living in the, just the, just total logic and brain center. Like I'll think my way out of all problems. I, I mean, it's, it all goes back to, I think therefore I am right. I yeah. mean, I, it, that's, it's bullshit, but like, that's actually like, I mean, we've based an entire culture on that uh-huh. without even realizing it. Yeah. And then you add to that. So, I mean, my, Matt and I have talked about it. our parents are really great, but our parents were also like everybody parenting out of their own wounds. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the way that helped a way that kind of came across with, with me, especially I was more athletic than Matt, which is fine. Like, and I was pushed in sports and pushed and pushed and pushed. And, you know, you slide into second base and you're, you skin your knee when you're seven years old, you know, don't cry. You know, there's no crying in baseball. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, crying in masculinity. Yeah. And I'm a, and I'm a, so I'm a really deeply sensitive person. Like I've always said, I have a fairly pronounced feminine side, but there again, that, that's, That's a stupid fucking yeah. construct anyway. But like, uh, yeah, people know what I mean when I say yes, that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, anyway. And so, I, you know, I've just come to these realizations of myself that I've been living. I've been I've been swallowing my feelings for so long that I finally have reconnected with them through my body, which is why I said to you, this book has mm-hmm. this has hit me at exactly the right time. Because I'm starting, like when you said embodiment, I've always heard that word and I've just never really understood it. And then when you described it in what, like the first page, <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Yeah. That's what this is. Yes. This is good. Like this is because we also, the three of us had a, oh, evan- I'm reading this book. We had, we had evangelical crap too about yeah. purity culture. Bullshit. Well, in, in our, in our feet, and we were sort of taught feelings are dangerous. Yes. Like how your body feels mm-hmm. is dangerous. You don't, you know, I mean, you, of course it goes into don't masturbate when you're in middle school and high school. And it goes into like, just don't trust mm-hmm. your emotions. Don't trust your body. God will overcome it. If you just pray enough, like it, and essentially when they say pray enough, you're just saying, think your way out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all of that, I mean, it's no wonder that we're all so screwed up. Mm. <laughs> like, well, and you, you t- use the term collective disembodiment. Mm-hmm. Which I wanted you to talk about because I that, I mean, you even made reference to like just how culture right now is, how everything is just it's just a fucking mess. I mean, it is just everybody is out for themselves. Everybody is, I don't I don't know how to describe it, but can you just talk about collective disembodiment because that that phrase really struck me as um, super important to what, especially mm-hmm. in America, what we're going through. Nice. Um, with just the the division in the just the othering of everybody yeah yeah and i think that you're you're really getting so so close to the heartbeat of it here which is that if we are a collective human body if we could even to use this language like the body of christ so speak Mm -hmm. if this all of these bodies are christ enfleshed the kind of spirit distributed amongst all life then the fragmentation within the body itself, the fragmentation between us is a form of spiritual, existential, and maybe even uh, physical on some level disembodiment that's happening. Mm-hmm. I think that our collective disembodiment is both 
the product of so much of our social pain and also the result of so much of our social pain. Ooh. I think it's bi-directional in that way. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I don't think that there is ever, um, I don't think there's ever a way that if we are not individually becoming embodied, that it's also not going to ripple out into the way that we exist and interact mm -hmm. and advocate for all bodies. And if bodies are where people exist, if bodies are people, then that changes what it means to be human. That changes mm -hmm. what it means to connect and to be interdependent with each other. So I think that there is, I mean, I haven't said this in the book and this will be probably, I don't know how much I'll talk about this. I think that this book is a really important project for uh, decolonizing our bodies as white people. Yeah. Mm. I think that this, this book is meant to be, I think I'm sure that whiteness and the problem of whiteness, white supremacy, colonization impacts all sorts of people depending on different identities in the same way that, you know, as a woman, I can internalize misogyny or a person of color can internalize the harm of white supremacy. That that there are many people who will intersect with points of this book based on what they've lived through in North American culture and find it useful. And yet I think that the problem of white body supremacy is at the heart of so much of our social and collective. Oh my gosh. Thing. Yes, man. And it is because <laughs> like when we look at what's going on culturally around bodies, all of the hierarchies that we have stem from which bodies are better than other bodies, which bodies are less than other bodies. In fact, like if we go right back to the beginning of sexism and patriarchy in the body, we see that the, the narrative in the creation story of the earth needs to be subdued, that anything like the earth is seen as lesser than the superiority of the created man, which some people think is as is part of the origin of sexism that women mm. in their bodies are more connected to the right rhythms and the cycles of nature. So their bodies have been considered unruly and the male body without the same kind of identifiable rhythms and connection to kind of the rootedness of nature have had kind of more social power conferred on them. And then we see this split out more and more and more and more. And all of those things are these points of division around bodies. Mm -hmm. So what I really want to say, I think at the heart of this book is there is no one right way to have a body. All bodies are good bodies. But if we believe that and live that, it means something for how we come home to ourselves and how we interact with other people about their bodies. It always has to be both. This kind of individual and interpersonal is is the seat of wholeness. Well, it goes back to, I mean, it goes back, we were always taught that the start of the story was Genesis 3, when, right. when Adam and he <laughs> fucked everything up. And it's not, it's Genesis 1, uh -huh. when God Original makes, goodness, when God makes a physical yeah. body, breathes life into it and goes, oh, mm -hmm. this is very good. Like, it's not just yeah. good. Like, the six days, like, oh, I created humans. This is very good. So we have that, which is like, oh, we maybe we, we weren't taught how to read and think critically about the reading. But then there's an even more on the nose thing, which is the fucking incarnation. <laughs> like, That's the hashtag. Uh, yep. <laughs> there it is. The fucking incarnation. Hell yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. This is God saying being a body is such an important part of what I'm doing here. Yeah. But I'm actually going to show you by yep. being a body that these matter. And we miss it. Yeah. We miss it completely. Yeah, I know. I'm like, going to so, go ahead and take on a physical form just to show you. 
Oh, yeah. why don't we kill that guy instead? Like, I mean, that's what we did. Like, right. like, that, like the end of the story, essentially, there is God takes on this flesh. And then all of a sudden, we're like, yeah, 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 fuck that guy. Let, let's just right. let's well, hang him up on a tree. That. And then and then we're still doing it. Like when I think uh-huh. about so many of our faith and religious contexts and political context, political context, we're still saying no, 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 the body doesn't matter. Yeah. That's not what's going out. If that's mm-hmm. not what's going on here, like go up a tier, eject out, go somewhere mm-hmm. else. Like life happens later or come mm-hmm. up into your mind. Don't be here. Mm-hmm. And so I think it wasn't just crucifying Christ. It's yeah. also everything we do in faith communities where we say to people, the flesh is the enemy of the spirit mm-hmm. or your flesh is weak or whatever it is. It's like we're missing the very heart of the thing that yeah. we're trying to trying to do this all for which is yeah i suppose to to be close to god mm-hmm. and i think god is saying i'm right here yeah look at your yeah. hands yeah look at your neighbor's hands yeah. and one of the one of the earliest heresies of the church was gnosticism it go. was a separating of flesh and spirit mm-hmm. yeah in, in the incarnation like literally yeah. like separating the flesh and spirit well, it's of interesting that you mentioned yeah. jesus because it's like how many of his stories revolve around food Mm-hmm. I mean, my God, even his, even like and communion, the body, well, even when healing the body, <laughs> yeah. but even like communion, I mean, it's physical things you're ingesting into your body, mm-hmm. like my body, my body, <laughs> right? I mean, it's like, I mean, how do we miss it so badly? I mean, I know there's a ton of history behind it, but like, I mean, I do, I do this, like I said, until recently, I've been all head center and mm-hmm. Out of my body, I've I think I've been longing to escape it, mm-hmm. and you know, get with what I've been dealing with with like you know childhood wounds and then this stuff and then this book. It's like I'm starting to realize, I, I mean, how bad it was, and I I didn't. I, the thing that's hard is none of it was conscious, mm-hmm. right? Like none of it was conscious of me going, I can't cry because you know mm-hmm. men don't do that, or it's you don't look as good as you know the star qb and so you're you're lesser you know i had all these things and it's like and i was not conscious of any of that so how do we i mean it's so how do you overcome that because it's so difficult because it's mostly subliminal in subconscious mm-hmm. this is where um this is where i think i need people to take a little jump with me which mm. is if we've been told that our body is bad and that we shouldn't be in our body, that for me to say your body is wise is like a what record scratch moment. Like, yeah. I don't n- <laughs> Nope. And for me to say well, all of the things that you're using as proof of your body's badness, all of your trauma responses, all of the ways that your body is reacting, all of your anxiety, all of your gut issues, all of your, uh, unfelt feelings, all of your chronic pain, all of your sexual desire that you don't want to pay attention to, all of the, I mean, whatever it is, is your body calling you home to yourself. So the interesting thing here is that we can learn to disembody ourselves. We can learn to fragment ourselves out only in story because we are Mm -hmm. always in our body and our body is always saying, pay attention. Mm -hmm. I'm for you. It can be good here, but you need to listen to me and we need to deal with some of the stuff that got swept under the rug. And that's usually what happens when like I give some stories of this in the book. We have this huge amount of people who go to physicians 
looking for the answer to a physical problem and their doctors are like, you know those chest pains that you thought were a heart attack? Uh, yeah. Guilty right? as charged, Your Honor. Been there. Or like for that trip to the ER. Yep. Yeah, and again, like side note, please go to the ER. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> sure. If you have chest pains, it is. If you have chest pains, go there before you go to your therapist. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. are you yeah. suggesting people should just walk it off? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you heard. Now we're calling the interview "Just Walk It Off" with Hillary. <laughs> It's called pull up your bootstraps. That's the American way. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it's, it's unbelievable how much we, like we think that the stuff that's going on for us is proof of the stories that we heard about our bodies. It's more oh, reasons to man. leave ourselves. <laughs> and yet is our body saying, Hey, did you know that you have some feelings that you didn't feel? And did you know that it's hurting us that you didn't feel them? And I'm going to tell you because I love you so much and I want you to be whole. I'm going to keep telling you until you pay attention. And I'm going to turn the volume up until you cannot hear anything else. And that oh, is the wisdom God. of our bodies. Yeah. And that's, that's wow. what struck me so much. Can we just let that, that <laughs> paragraph just <laughs> sit for a right? minute? Like yeah. cool. a, a moment of silence, please. My um, God. I mean, that's what struck me so much, at least the 60% of the book I've read up to this point, the, the physiological effects of all of this, this stuff, yeah. uh, of all of this, you know, I, it had me going through my body going, okay, what hurts and why does it hurt? <laughs> right. Or is my yeah. elbow sore because I did a bunch of push-ups, or is it sore because right. I have daddy issues? Like, right. you know, I mean, I mean, not yeah, to right. not to put no, I, mean, I hear you, not to joke about it, but I, I mean, mean, the I mean, answer is both because yes. why did you do the push-ups because of the daddy issues? Oh, oh damn! Mike, drop. Sorry, this fruit oh, was there. Low hanging. God, I love that you just you just absolutely just obliterated him into non-existence and I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) I thought they taught you the Hippocratic Oath. That was me using Hillary, my cholesterol's 200. I've got to do push-ups, all right? I've got to do something. (laughs) Hillary just marked off do no harm on the uh, her diploma. What were um, you saying, Matt? Please. I don't even know now. I, I, have, I have a no question. Idea. That was so good. <laughs> I have a question kind of like paralleling this idea. Uh-huh. So uh, you mentioned losing your identity to your disorder. And, and uh-huh. I've seen that and experienced that myself in terms of losing my identity to disorders, illness, trauma. Um, what? How, how, do, how do? So so it's it's our trauma is it part of us or is it not part of us? Or is it, is it both like in terms of identity, in terms of identity, what is us in, in mm-hmm. how can you lose yourself to a part of you? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is mm-hmm. a good question. Yeah. It makes me think about the question in constructivism about whether there is an essential element to the self or if the self is an emergent a merchant interpersonal process like is can we distill down the self to an essence of something that could be tainted or untainted mm. or is the self the experience of all of the things that have ever happened to us and the way we coherently narrate them together and i think it depends on like who you're talking to like i might say that we have an inherent worth and value that nothing and no one can touch nothing mm. can um, fragment out 
and that our sense of ourself is shaped by the construction of the experiences that we've had and that can become distorted so our sense of who we really are Mm. um cannot necessarily mirror who we really are for example a person who is who is any person i take any person off the street i could say you are deeply loved you are deeply valuable you have worth you matter your existence is important and that person could say, I don't feel that about myself. I don't believe that because here's all the proof based on how I've been treated otherwise. Mm, yeah. So I think that the self, and this is, you know, we could we could debate this at length and see kind of where, where it lands for you. But I think that, that there is something about being a body that's important to that. And that somehow the self isn't something or the soul isn't something that, that's disconnected from what's going on here, mm-hmm. which is why it matters that we pay attention and care for other people's bodies. Yeah. And I think that the stories about ourselves can become confused with who we really are, especially if those stories are about labels that people have put on us in a way that makes us less human, less mm. than. Mm. So when I think about my relationship to having an eating disorder, I think about how I wasn't seen as me, I was seen as the diagnostic label and yet to your point i was and having an eating disorder has shaped my understanding and my experience of being myself it Mm. gives me a kind of insight about suffering and pain that i wouldn't have had otherwise and i don't Mm. think that the goal is to get over or conquer the labels that have been put on us or the suffering that we've had but rather to integrate them at times to understand, to make sense of, and maybe to even welcome the parts of ourselves that we want to, that we need to, to carry compassion for ourselves inside of us. So I'm not necessarily Mm. wanting to welcome the fact that I felt devalued or dehumanized by the labels put on me, but I do want to welcome the eating disorder part of me who was trying to take care of me in the only way that I knew how. Mm. Boy. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I swear, every yeah. time we interview you, like you go on these things, and it's like it's so brilliant, and we just oh. you get done, and we just sort of sit here, like, huh? Well, well, I mean, I guess we could just say good night, <laughs> I suppose. Like, God, it, it makes me think of like um, you know family members who have you know had a near death experience, or you know have dealt with cancer and battled that and got on the other side, and 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 the cancer obviously not great it's terrible um but there is a a a deeper sense of freedom on the other side of that near-death experience Mm. um and and not in all cases sometimes people are really crippled by that um but but i i see what you're saying in terms of it can bring out different aspects of of you that were not necessarily free right and it i don't I think that the story of ourselves is shaped by the things that we've been through. I think that the story of being a body is shaped by the things that our society says about our bodies. And so, I mean, this cancer is a really interesting one because there's huge division in the community about if you, if you fight cancer, if cancer is a thing you fight as if, um, you were at war or if there is something that, um, 
you you kind of another part of yourself that you are wanting to build up or if there is something just inevitably awful about it and cancer will take its course and if you didn't if the cancer gets you that somehow you lost as if you didn't try hard enough to fight hard enough right so there's like there's different stories that impact our sense of self based on the narratives that we have the the way that we construct what happens to our bodies i don't I don't think we can ever separate those out from each other. Yeah. You, you mentioned something uh, just a couple of minutes ago about, it was just a phrase. And if my wife is listening to this right now, she's going to laugh because it's this, if it's funny that this phrase of all the things you just said stuck with me, compassion for yourself. Mm. So I had a day, a particularly bad day this last Saturday mm. where a lot of, my woundedness came to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, I mean, I, I broke down and saw like I, I broke, like, I feel like I literally like cracked in half broke. Mm-hmm. And I was just like sobbing and sobbing. And I, and my wife was holding me and hugging me. And I said, I hate myself. Mm-hmm. I hate myself. I hate myself. I hate my, like, and I was able to sort of release that, and I realized how little compassion I've had for myself in the last 30 years from the incident that I think kind of led to all this. So what does it look like to have compassion for yourself? I mean, what does that look like on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, such such good question. Um, before we do that, can I ask a question? Sure. There was something about how you said that, like, I hate myself, I hate mm-hmm. myself. And then you talked about the release of that or like it was important to say, was it? Yes. It sounds like there was something, not the words I hate myself, but there was something that we might call like a healing drive that was underneath that, like yes. something about finally being able to admit yep. or something about like a reckoning with just how painful your relationship with yourself has been. Yes, 100%. Uh, Is it, it would be really easy to hear those words and think that's toxic shame. Yeah. But it sounds like the process, not the words necessarily, the process was healing. Yes, it was. Um, Being able to actually finally admit that because it's something I'm not sure I'd really ever said out loud. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yeah, that was, that was very important to just to say because it was almost like a light bulb moment of like, oh, like it, when I was saying it, and I was saying it literally through gritted teeth. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> there was a moment that was like, oh, uh, this is the truth, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh God, like I just—it was like I said the thing that was sort of hidden behind the curtain for so long, and it was like it finally got out. You know, <laughs> it was like yeah. a, it was like a demon that sort of got out of the cage. It was like. Oh, crap. The energy that goes into defending against that relax. The amount of work we have to put into (sighs) pretending we feel differently or not connecting with ourselves at all to realize what's there, that is exhausting. So there is is like relief. Yeah. Imagine in that. It was. Yeah. I said to my wife, I was like, I'm just, I'm exhausted. Like, I'm just tired. Like, I'm tired of feeling this way i'm tired of seeing myself mm-hmm. this way like 
my wife is the only person on earth that has ever loved me unconditionally. Mm. <laughs> like, no, you haven't. You definitely haven't. <laughs> Good God. Listen to 278 episodes of this or whatever we have. So <laughs> what was I even saying? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway. Your it, wife's the only person that's loved you She's the only one that's loved me unconditionally. And I realized we actually talked just today. I said, I have never allowed myself. I don't even know what it would feel like or how to allow myself to love to be loved unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was a pastor for 15 years and taught about unconditional love and I had never yep. truly experienced it. I know, right? So I know. I mean, so like, uh, so. And it, here's a, can yeah, I go ahead. In? Of course. Yeah, this yeah, of course. This is a really prime example of the difference between intellectual knowing something and experiencing something. Yes. Right? Uh, why we need to pay attention to our body because we can we can intellectualize our way out of the pain of actually being with ourselves yep. and trick ourselves into thinking that we actually feel the things that we say that we think. Yes, 100%. It's, it's a different part of our brain. It's a different quality of knowing. Mm. Um, it's, a just a, it's a totally different experience to believe that you are worthy of love then to say that intellectually is true about you and all people. Yes, it is. Yep. 100%. I, I think I said on this podcast a few weeks ago with what's been happening with me was I felt like I finally experienced all of the things that I had been teaching forever. Mm. Yeah. Like it literally, it was like it went from head to heart. I mean, yeah. I know that's a weird, I mean, that's kind of the what I would say in, in the parlance of our times. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, And... I mean, there again, that's the body. Mm-hmm. Like what I'm really saying is that I, I it went from my just a purely brain yes. intellectual thing to my body yes. feeling that, uh-huh. right? So uh-huh. when that comes to compassion for ourselves and, and forgiveness for ourselves, like what does that look like? Mm-hmm. I think, I think that sometimes... You, I mean, you gave a brilliant example of this. You didn't say, okay, stand in front of the mirror and repeat to yourself 20 times. Yeah. Be yep. compassionate to yourself. Be compassionate. I can be compassionate with you. Look yourself in the eye. You deserve my compassion. <sighs> you actually made room for the pain. Oof. You actually told the truth. Mm-hmm. And there is something about like compassion. And when I think about the definitions concern with the alleviation of the suffering and self-compassion being concerned with alleviating our own suffering or attending to our own suffering, it's really hard to do that in a way that's transformative. If we don't name, acknowledge, or make room for the suffering that has the, there has to be an entry point. There has to be the wound has to be opened in a way. Yeah. And so for, for us to be compassionate, I think, that often the first step is acknowledging how much we're hurting, right? Yeah. And it, on some level, like when we yep. think about it on an, you know, on an unconscious level, perhaps what we're saying is I, I believe that my pain is worth taking up some space, which in itself doesn't sound like compassionate words necessarily, or might not come with cognition, but it's the behavioral experiential act of honoring that our pain is there and and needs to be healed 
So we move towards the painful stuff first, which is also, I mean, how we heal anything really not like covering it up, not by moving on, not pretending it's not there. Boy, I've done that. Yeah. (laughs) We all have. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I I mean, let me tell you, I get ready. (laughs) I love that face. I I wrote a textbook on embodiment because I wanted so badly to understand it. Because I still thought that understanding it would be the way to experience it. (laughs) Yeah. So good. I didn't get the punchline of the joke. Like I, I have this really funny memory of my husband coming home and Kevin being like, how long, how long have you been sitting at your computer? And it is dark out and my hunched over. Yeah, exactly. Like it's been hours and I haven't eaten. I haven't moved. I'm typing furiously, completely disconnected from the fact that both of my legs are asleep. Like I'm wildly hungry. <laughs> <laughs> writing these chapters about embodiment I'm like That's so I funny. It. let me give you all of the citations all of the continental philosophy right and so this is like i think even when we are trying to understand embodiment that's not the point yeah so like buy the book don't buy the book maybe go have a walk maybe listen to your hunger cues maybe next time you're tired go to sleep and you've learned everything oh, you God. need to learn yeah like, yeah 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 i mean we've been doing zen koans like we ha- on the weeks that we haven't had interviews. Uh, interviews and stuff and it seems like most of those come down to like paying attention to the present moment yeah in your body like yeah like, I mean, it seems like so many of those come down to just that simple oh, yeah. of a, oh, I've got, I've got a body. Cool. If you're thirsty, drink something. If you're hungry, eat something. If you're I mean, tired, it is take like, a nap. It sounds so <laughs> obvious, but it so isn't uh-huh. obvious. Yeah. And that's what's so difficult about it. I don't know, man. I'm pretty good at naps. Well, you're, well, <laughs> you're also like a five-year-old that is a 46-year-old I'm, man. or whatever. I'm a pro napper, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love the body is so complicated. It's like this, this experience that is both our mother tongue and a foreign language that we somehow be given a dictionary for. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Translation device. Because listening to our hunger cues, our fatigue cues, all of those things are so important. And if most of us learned how to do that growing up, we wouldn't be in some of the pictures that we're in today. But then you look at what trauma does to the body. And when we have been overwhelmed by trauma, our body wants to shut down. It's like, I think you're tired. You're like, yeah. why did I fall asleep? Like right when someone started talking oh, about something really difficult at yeah. the dinner table, what was going on there? So learning how to pay attention to the language and go, okay, what's, what's me needing to honor my fatigue and what is actually me checking out of my mm-hmm. body? And learning to tell the difference between all of those mm-hmm. things is so much more complicated and it takes time and we have to believe that the time that we take is going to take us to a more loving connection to ourselves. because really like when people have like left the party when they have gone out of their body into this kind of intellectualization dissociation coming back in is often a really chaotic mix of all of the feelings that we never felt that were too overwhelming to stay with, which is why we left in the first place. Yep. And so it's too simplistic in a way for me to say, just listen to your body. Cause it like, sometimes our body's like, I want to eat everything in the fridge because I'm sad. Guilty, guilty, right? your honor. Yeah. Once again, <laughs> I'll just go to jail, like whatever. <laughs> and so it's, 
it takes time. But when we remember that our body is a, is a, is an experience, a process that occurs over time and is not something that necessarily we need to know perfectly in a single instant, we can hang in there for the, the duration of time that it takes to yeah. figure out what does that hunger cue mean? What does that fatigue cue mean? Is the anger there because I'm defensive or is the anger there because I need to protect something that's actually in danger right now? God, you don't you... learn that. <laughs> When you said that this, there has not been a breeze that's come thought through this window the entire night. <laughs> and when you said it, a breeze just blew in, and I was just the like, Holy Spirit rushing. Holy in. Spirit God, I mean, honestly, like it felt like. I mean, I just can't tell you how much I need to hear every single thing that you just said. <laughs> like, too. I yeah. cannot wait to listen back to this episode. It was just like a cool breeze just blowing yeah. that shit away, man. Like. It's that cold it's Canadian so, air. Yeah. Yeah, the winter winds. I'm yeah. La so Nina aware. or something. I don't even understand any of that. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> um, I put all of my eggs in one basket and it's psychology. There you go. <laughs> but I think I find it so interesting that you use such a somatic marker to talk about relief or something significant that was shifting. Like yes. you use coolness and breeze yeah. and change in energy to say to mark that something happened in that moment which yeah. is so cool yep. like when we're not paying attention to our body and we don't know like i said before if we don't know where that pain is and we're not paying attention then we're also going to miss things like that like oh that was so important for me to hear or wow i feel relief or my shoulders just dropped when you mm -hmm. said that because i know how much i needed to hear that like our body yep. is telling us constantly not just where the pain is, but also like, here's the way home. Here's what feels good. Do more of this. You can test. Me. Yeah. Can you, what I found, what I found so interesting about the book thus far is the amount of, <laughs> of talking to yourself that, yes. that you do this. Like, can you talk so about much. the psychology of like, of you, I just read the part where you're, uh, you were at a, in the hospital or something. Wait, you had a, uh -huh. and you're talking in like, somebody overheard you like yeah. some some guy heard you and started laughing yeah. like because you're yeah. talking to yourself in the mirror like yeah. and can you talk about the psychology of how important it is to because that's not something i'm very good at i will say though that i had a moment at work this past weekend where i got for whatever reason i was I got super like butterfly anxious like no idea why i wasn't doing anything like it was a really slow day i was just doing nothing screaming work. out fuck this shit i hate this job <laughs> isn't what she's talking about no that was that was that was friday <laughs> i, I want to uh, tag on to that so I, I think talk how to talk to and listen to your body that yeah. yes also but like and so hillary you made me touch my chest and like think like okay you're, you're you. fine what's going on <laughs> i made i was you. reading your the book it's your of, fault the ghost of hillary yeah. it's your fault <laughs> <laughs> I got in touch with myself. That's um, a Canadian holy ghost, is what that is. <laughs> but like I huh. I just want I want to talk about the physiology or the psychology of basically giving yourself pep talks essentially mm. is what you're mm -hmm. doing. You're just talking yourself almost talking yourself into these realities. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna try and hit this from a few different angles. Okay. One of them is that we hear stories around us all the time yeah right things are said to us about what matters to us or what matters about us and we are picking that up we're seeing that unconsciously in media and in advertising we're hearing that explicitly when someone says good boy good girl don't do that like all the stories that we're told oh, God. and this is about saying 
if our brain is better at picking up messages that are associated with what keeps us safe than it is about things that prove that we're already safe or like our brain, our nervous system is designed to detect threat and detect conditions right. for belonging because that's so important for us. So if we are getting constant and overwhelming evidence from the time that we're born about how to be good enough to be loved, we're going to need a lot of evidence and a lot of stories and a lot of practice with the new things that we want to believe, the things that were ultimately always true, but maybe we didn't hear enough of. And we tend to need a ratio of those. Like, don't ask me about a number. We need way more <laughs> yeah. of the things that are true to counteract the things that are not true. Well, because our Roar brain talked about it. Yeah, like, I, think... I know Richard Roar talked about it as, you know, negative thoughts are like Velcro. They stick automatically. Whereas yeah. like uh, positive thoughts or Teflon. Heat, are like Teflon. Yeah. They slide right off. Yeah, this is Dr. Rick Hansen. He's a positive neuroplasticity neuroscientist who has actually studied that it takes his, his was the Velcro Teflon theory. Yes, yeah. So did not belong to Richard Rohr as much as he Yeah, did. he, I think he mentioned it. Well, he I'm calling to, bullshit yeah. on that. We're just going to attribute, we're just going to attribute everything <laughs> to him because he's amazing. <laughs> yes. But he, I know Rich Rohr did say he talked to a neuroscientist. Yeah. I'm assuming it's that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah that it takes a fraction of a second for us to integrate mm -hmm. messages or information about how we are unsafe or how, you know, what we need to do in order yeah. to create conditions of safety or security. And it takes exponentially more amount of time, like something, something like 200 times more um, fragments of a second to be able to believe something new, take in a positive memory association. So yeah. the point is we need to get inundated with the things that are true and we need them to be coming from all sides. The second thing is that when we're talking to ourselves, what we're usually doing is using our grown up intellectual brain to access neural circuits that were formed when we were a young kid. Oh, God. Yeah. So, this so is sorry, exactly, this is... no, this is exactly what's been happening with me. I had no earlier. language for it. Holy shit, Hillary. Your therapist oh. and I were to call earlier. We set this up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, mom yeah people usually it's really funny when it happens in therapy mom. i'm like i make De a joke like, i talk to your mom after every session we just i kind of give her an update on what's going on that's not a funny joke for lots of people. oh god <laughs> therapist said that. but we're using we have distinct neural networks that are associated with developmental stages and processes of experiencing ourselves and interacting with the world so if you think about like hot wheels tracks this is my favorite analogy to use like you've got a bunch of different independently functioning hot wheels tracks one is like i'm not enough i need to earn my love right and that track is going around and around and around and maybe it feels four five six or seven What's checking the time <laughs> well it's about time for good god we're gonna have to cut you a check we're gonna straight up. hours my god well, let me finish the analogy yes, here go ahead is, i want you to get your money's worth if you're gonna pay for it so, <laughs> we've got this one hot wheels track that is like maybe four or five six is like oh i'm not good enough i gotta earn my love and then we've got you know maybe 15 year old self who's like i'm just using developmental tropes here but we've got 15 or 16 year old self is like oh but maybe if i'm liked by that person you know maybe if i look this way then yeah. i'm going to be loved and then we've got like maybe 30 or 40 year old self who's like you know what this person in my life loves me i think i think i'm good enough and you know i believe that people are valuable but they're all independently functioning and all of the cars are ripping around on those tracks and it seems that like stay with me here with the analogy that something can happen without us consciously being aware of it. And it's like life picks up the car and all of a sudden drops the car of our consciousness or sense of self onto the younger Hot Wheels track. 
yeah. kind of going okay. around and around. Yeah. And we're like, how did I get here and how do I get back? Yeah. But then every once in a while, we develop these kind of new skills and we've got two tracks running at the same time. We've got, I am worthy of love and belonging and, you know, I don't matter and I have to earn my worth. And those are happening at the same time. Yeah. And so what we're doing when we're talking to ourselves in that way is like we're bridging the disconnection between those two tracks or maybe three tracks or 20 tracks or whatever you have going on developmentally so that younger you gets access to all of the resources of adult you. So when you talk to yourself, right, this is like we can really lean into this and picture like younger us or like when I talk to my body, like especially if I'm having a trauma response to something, who I'm talking to is the version of me who feels trapped in a burning car. And I'm saying to her, mm -hmm. you're not stuck. You're yeah. not stuck. You're right And that's here not something you just pulled out of your hat. That's like a, a real story. Yeah, it's true. Yes, that yeah. is a real story. That's true. Oh, yeah. yeah. So like being able to say to myself, look around you. You're not in the car. You're mm -hmm. right here. Here's the proof you're right here. You're sitting at your desk. You didn't have this desk when you were in that car. You didn't have this chair. You didn't have yeah. this scar on your hand. Right? You're here now. And to the you who thinks you're stuck in that car or feels like you have to earn your love or whatever the thing is, I am so sorry. Right? Again, naming the wound. Go towards the thing that hurt. Acknowledge it. It has to be named and has to be acknowledged for it to be healed. And then, and also I'm here with you. Yeah. And you're not there and you're here in the present moment yeah. do it differently. Yeah. It's like, I think you mentioned the five, four, three, two, one thing, yeah. which my therapist gave me early on uh -huh. when I first started. I was like, Oh, that's fucking genius. Like you're, you're just like, you're just bringing yourself back into the moment. You yeah. don't even have yes. to do all with of your body. Just do one or two yeah. of them. Yeah. You yeah. just bring it, yourself physically right? back into the moment. It's your senses that are yeah. bringing you back into the now it's your yeah. senses that are always in the present. So you touch your body, you say, mm -hmm. you speak words, you hear yeah. yourself, speak the words, you see yourself in the yeah. mirror. You, yeah, you do all it, that stuff. It reminds me a little bit of that. Rob, Rob Bell talks about time traveling, like mm. how there's only now. So, and I'm sure there's some Dr. Hillary knows that could also, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're talking about time traveling traveling to your former self <laughs> yeah. and being able to because there is only now all those memories that you're reliving are current memories because you're time traveling to that area yeah. and, and what if you had the, the moment the presence now to go and speak to that person then yes. and, and and shape the way the reshape the way the trait the 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 exactly. tracks work exactly yeah. that's what we're doing and it's so important to know what's going on neurobiologically too because even though our adult brain knows that we are in the present, the part of our brain that time stamps memories isn't always connected to the part of our brain and the loops in our brains that create self-experience, which are, can stand outside of time. So you can know I'm talking to my four-year-old self and this is about something that happened then. But the feeling inside doesn't feel for, you know, 25, 35, 40 years old. It feels now because yeah. it doesn't have that timestamp. But you can know <sighs> that it was a long time ago because that's a different part of your brain. But you can feel God, it. God, you are yeah, blowing my freaking mind right now. <laughs> like, this is, I mean, this is exactly what I've been experiencing. I can't, I've had no language for it whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I literally talked to my seventh grade self the other day. Yes. Standing in front of a locker, receiving a note. Yeah. You and I talked about this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
and she said, I just want to be friends. Mm. And I literally talked to that kid this week and said, and, and like, none of this is logical. It makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Like I talked to that seventh grade kid and said, dude, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like her just wanting to be friends doesn't mean you're not likable. It doesn't mean you're, you know, you know, I can sit here and admit I haven't completely internalized it, but it felt great to connect with that kid. Yes. Mm. You know what I might say can even ratchet it up a little bit more in terms of internalizing. Oh no. Is that, Oh, <laughs> Nope. Keep going. Oh, let me just speak generally. You're if good. No, you're good. Okay. no, 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 no. Keep going. Make it personal. Hit me where it hurts. Okay. <laughs> that the stories that you want to tell him are not where his pain lies. Right. The stories that you want to tell him are adult things, but they need to be get they need to get connected to the experience of the pain. So what needs to happen is that you say, Can you tell me what it felt like to get that note? Oh my God. <laughs> Can you tell me what you experienced when you got that note? And then when he tells you, you say, And what else? And why was that so painful? And what else hurts about that? Right. So instead of just inserting stories in, we're building a bridge between these parts of ourselves, and it has to be dialogical. It has to be integrative, not just, hey, seven year old kid, here's some new stories. Got them? Right. You got the upload? <laughs> yeah. Come on back with me. It's what is it like to be you right now? Because that's the experiential piece, that's oh, the embodied damn. sense of self stuff. Yeah. We gotta. I don't know what you charge like per hour. <laughs> like, if it's not at least like four hundred dollars US, <laughs> you are not doing yourself justice. Holy, that's like twelve dollars Canada though, isn't it? I'm not sure. I, no, no, I it's think more it, it's Canada. more. Oh, is yeah, it? Okay. more. No. It works yeah. the other way. It's like Holy eight million dollars in Canada. Yeah, yes. it really changes things to know to know how to get closer to where the pain is and how to heal that. Because I think there are lots of people who are like, I just, I just want to say the right thing and I want the pain to go away, but it's not going in. Like when we think about, um, and like we said, I know it in my head. I don't know it in my heart. What we're saying is my adult brain knows it, but my younger developmental neural network doesn't. And there are very specific things that we need to do to help that heart, younger developmental self feel it and mm. believe it know it in an embodied way i'm like dizzy right now <laughs> My okay God. so i know i know we're running on time um one thing that you said uh i, I thought just, we had her booked for three hours yeah. is it not three hours <laughs> it's gonna be like eight thousand dollars when we're done <laughs> all right um so one one I, I was thinking about um you writing this sentence and then just like what you would do after you wrote the sentence. And I just thought you, I could just imagine you writing the sentence and then leaning back and being like, yep, that's it. Then walk it, take it, go on a walk. Like <laughs> she might drops her so, own book. So here, here, this, this here's the yep, sentence. I did it. <laughs> you say before we had an inner critic, we had an outer critic. And I was just like, damn, I, man. Yeah, I mean, oh, fucking hell. Like, I mean, that's the kind of shit that, like, in this book, it's just like, God, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of those things that sounds so obvious, but it's not obvious. Yeah. Right. And this is, like, comes back to what I was saying about compassion. Like, we've heard things. 
we heard things and we believe them to be true. And then we learn to replicate them internally. And that's, we call that introjection. We take in the stories that other people had about themselves, about the world, about us, so that we can stay in proximity to people. So we pick up their cues and we go, oh, this is how we do this. And that happens with the critic, but it also happens with compassion too, yeah. right? It also yeah. happens. There's so many people who will say to me, I hear you talk to yourself and now I'm learning to talk to myself that way because I'm borrowing your voice, right? It works both ways. Yeah. So when we, when we pick up on stories and I think that's why, yeah, I'll finish that thought. When we pick up on stories that are good and loving, they allow us to access something inside of ourselves. It's not even really about the words. It's about, it's about going to a new place internally and having a resource that, that keeps bringing us back to that. I'm cool with my inner voice sounding like a Hillary. You guys go with that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Like, can you just record something? I'll put it in like a Build-A-Bear. <laughs> like, where it's just like, Brad, you're, you're you just okay. just press the heartbeat. Yeah. Like, I just, yeah. I'll, 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 oh. what, if you're, what if it was your voice? Oh, yeah. I don't what know if, if I like that. Voice, I don't know Brad? if I like that voice right now. Right, hey, good. So hey, Brad. Borrow one that feels safe. You can use my voice. No, I'm not using right. your voice. I'll just end up choking the bear. <laughs> you motherfucker! You took all my tokens for the games. Oh my gosh! God. Oh. <sighs> I am. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna hit record on this, and I'm gonna put it into a build a bear heart. <laughs> I'm just gonna get a bear made. Everything it. will be cool. Yeah. I'll carry it in my car. Say? What's what that? You wanted to say if I could record something for you. That I'm. I'm a. I'm fine as I am. I'm fine. Fine. Because I don't feel like that most of the time. Like, I don't feel... <laughs> outwardly, I feel... I, I don't... I can mask it pretty well. Um, except for my wife, who's like this crazy empath that totally knows when I'm bullshitting her. Like, I, And so, like, just to, just to be able to say kind of what I said to that seventh grade kid the other day, yeah. it's going to be fine. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah. Oops. Sorry, oh. <laughs> like you're fine. There's you don't have to, you don't have to be something else. You don't have to be someone else. You can just be you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. What a way, what a way to end. Yeah. Hillary, thank you so much. <sighs> we uh, we're gonna give away some copies of the book on Twitter. Oh, um, that's so kind of you. And if you don't want, you've got to buy this book. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't bought it, yeah. Even though she it. totally undersold it by saying that she wasn't living her own reality. No, no, that, that was no, a, that was a different that book. Was a different book. Oh, that, that was a different book. This book yeah. is after the the, yeah. the okay. textbook. I learned yeah. some things. I yeah. got embodied. Technically, she wrote three books. One was a textbook. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, I will say that I can speak for these guys. We do love you. Yeah. Oh, and you we too. have loved watching your journey I mean, to the platform that you have now. It's fantastic. Wow. We're just, we love You're it. You're a big part of that. You guys really are. Well, we you just really, really are. Just to be any part of it whatsoever yeah. is awesome because it's been fun to watch. Like yeah. I was talking to, I was talking to my wife today. I was like, like it's cool to even be a part of you getting noticed by people. Like it was going to happen at some point. Yes, <laughs> it was. It, it has nothing to do with us. We, no, we just we, we just, just happen to be the bastards. Just say, we just happen to be the lucky morons that you <laughs> that said yes when you were like, "Hey, do you want to have me come on for an interview?" Sure, I could talk about this, 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 and this. Let's do it. Sure, why not? <laughs> so to be even a part of any of it at all is pretty awesome. Yep. We yeah. love we love having you're like three of our top ten episodes, most downloaded episodes. And I mean, it's I don't know. Did yeah. we say at the beginning, "Congrats on becoming a mom"? Yeah. Oh. Thank you. I mean, she's just beautiful. Yeah. She's beautiful. 
Can so. I go get her when we're done recording? Oh, oh my yes, god, yes, dude. Yes. All right, we're closing this. This is the yep. end of the interview. We'll see you all later. <laughs> and we're just going to chat after that. Oh my right. gosh. You can tell us what you think. The five stars get red. God, is there? Can we just stop interviewing anybody but Hillary? I mean, we pretty much have. Let's be real. My God. I mean, I, like. She has to be one of the best therapists on earth. Like we weren't even trying, and she literally broke me open. <laughs> yeah, my God. Yeah, you got about two hundred dollars worth of an hour. She's like therapy. a wizard. I don't yeah, understand. She is totally is. <laughs> yeah, she really is. Yeah, there's just those people that exist in this world where like you instantaneously want to tell them your entire life story, and yep. you can't explain why. Mm -hmm. She's one of those people. Mm -hmm. She feels like a. Like a soft pillow. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? I don't. You know what I'm saying? Brad's making it awkward. No, like you know what I'm saying? I know. Like, yeah. I mean, you just want to. Like, you just feel like you're wrapped in a warm blanket. It's a, it's a Hillary blanket. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, an no unbelievable stars. human being. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Leave us a five star review if you're listening <clears throat> to this and haven't done it yet. Uh. Going back, let's see. There's a few things I think. Do, 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 do. Yeah, there's a few. Do, 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 uh, T Poon at uh, <laughs> Knowles underscore TK. T Poon. That's his God. best one yet. God, the fuck is wrong with him, man? Uh, I feel like <laughs> hashtag Father Gobbleball should be the clumsy sidekick in a Disney movie about the Vatican. Oh, boy. Yeah, you need to delete your account, buddy. Microchip underscore implanted at egg number nine. At Pastors Podcast, hashtag cobble balls, hashtag gobble balls, hashtag coddle balls. Yes, all of those. Oh, wait, I read this one like two weeks ago. What the uh, fuck? Did you? Yeah, okay. AKA haunted mood indigo at negate the chaos. I've been neglectful of the guys who got me addicted to Twitter. Listening to the pastor's podcast today and hashtag am writing X church funny stuff and enlightenment for the 21st century on the hashtag mayonnaise of podcasts. Yeah. Love you long Tim's. Yeah. Thank you. Negate the chaos. Oh, uh, is that it? For sure. That's going yeah, to hell with it. All right. What? Appreciate well, it. Hey, close attention. Oh. We wrote them all down. Yeah, it's now it's time to decide. Our uh, hashtag Yingling and Factory Air. Oh God, dude! Hashtag Pastors Doulas. <laughs> it's coming. That's 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 at the fifteen dollar level. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hashtag I'm wearing a butcher's apron. <laughs> oh gosh. This is kind of a favor here. Kind of a dark horse. Hashtag is just sitting in my molars. Yep. <laughs> hashtag my mouth is gamey. <laughs> uh, hashtag miasma of flavors. <laughs> hashtag Nelly Merchant's Lesser Known album. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, 
Hashtag Arambe got what he deserved. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag Darknet Peppa Pig. Yeah. <laughs> dark web. Dark web. On the dark web. When you say dark uh, web, it sounds like Derek Web. Dark web. Dark web. Uh, hashtag old yeller, old yellow that motherfucker. old yellow as a old two behind his ear, uh, and then hashtag I do push-ups because of daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I forgot what she obliterated. <laughs> I know, that was so good. Flamed you into non-existence <laughs> in about three seconds. Yeah. Oh man, God! I watched you like melt away into <laughs> particles, like if Thanos snapped was, his fingers. That was so good, man. Oh, uh, hashtag, <laughs> hashtag Hillary is Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Yingling in factory air. Hashtag buy two pastards for the price of one. Hashtag pastards doula. God, that's that might be the winner, man. Hashtag, that's really hard to pass that one. Up. Hashtag sitting in my molars. Hashtag I breathed out. I, I said that. No fucking. No, idea. I said that when I eat one of the things. Then I like, <laughs> like I didn't taste so much until I breathed out. Yeah. Hashtag a bit robotussiny. Hashtag a miasma of flavor. Yeah. Hashtag <laughs> chewing on hot bile. <laughs> oh God. Hashtag be, be a patient. I have no idea. Bro, I got nothing, nothing. on that. No Hashtag, idea. was he in Girl Interrupted? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Hashtag a terrorist attraction. Not titular character. <laughs> Hashtag 10,000 bananas. <laughs> God, that made me I almost broke. Jokes. I almost broke out in zombie, and I was like, "Nope, no, that wasn't Natalie Merchant. Nope. That was uh, Oof O'Donovan or something, wasn't it? Who was that girl that played for the Cranberries? Who? Oof O'Donovan? <laughs> Oof O'Donovan? Who the fuck? Are you? God damn, dude, Michael, what do you got? He's fucking done, man. <laughs> I've got hashtag slurp your nudes. <laughs> you're, you're fucking done. You are fucking done. Brad's Jesus literally Christ. on the floor right now. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear Brad cackling like a fucking werewolf. Wow, man. All right. Hashtag slurp your Dolores nudes. Dolores O'Riordan was her name. <laughs> Who did you Same say? <laughs> Who the fuck did he say? Ofo something. Olaf something? <laughs> God damn, Ofo man. Donovan. Wow. All right. Slurp your nudes. <laughs> What'd you say? Slurp your nudes. When you're slurping oh your nudes God. earlier. Uh, I wasn't done yet, motherfucker. All right, then go. You Fucking stopped. go. You left. God. You went downstairs for a minute. Hashtag <laughs> went downstairs for a minute. Hashtag Harambe got what he deserved. Hashtag city wizard. Hashtag uh, pom pom made it. Pom pom made it, guys. No, the dog. The dog. Yeah, the Pomeranian. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all part of your sick Six. Cynthia thing. <laughs> Taking care of her fucking dog. Going to her fucking synagogue. You're living in the fucking past. 
Uh, hashtag the remaining tacos. Ah. <laughs> hashtag the fucking incarnation. <laughs> hashtag Canadian Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag <laughs> sounds like bees having <laughs> I'd be bad if that wasn't so good. <laughs> <gasps> hashtag the, the edge playing punk. <laughs> And then it has that gritty teeth. Oh, man. God. Are you done? Yep, that's it. I have bees having sex. Uh, <laughs> sitting in my molars. I've got swallow the turkey and the fucking incarnation. <laughs> it's got to be bastards doulas. It really does, man. We don't want to do the fucking incarnation? No. That is pretty good, but... <sighs> We're, we're really going to pass up pastors, pastors doulas. doulas. I mean, come on. When is that ever going to happen? Yeah, it's never going to happen again. <laughs> it's pastors doulas. How do you spell doula? D-O-U-L-A. Yeah, okay. I was close. Nope. nope. No, you weren't. You don't even know how I spelled it. Listen to this episode spell in its entirety. O'Donovan. Hit us up on social media with the hashtag. Hashtag pastors doulas. Oh, my God. You, who did you say? We're on Twitter at Pastors Podcast. Oh my I'm not god! On fucking Twitter, man, I don't give a fuck. Shit. Twitter, um, just stop. Just we're stop. On, just, uh, just burn the fucker to the ground. On GloriousPastors.com. Uh, Patreon.com slash Pastors Podcast. You can help shape the content of this show. Hey Brad, who's the singer for the Cranberries? Zombie! <laughs> Hey, 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 hey. James Joyce. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. oh, my God. I want to suck your conscience. <laughs> no. Come. See, I wish the computer Tell didn't work. I want to hug you, cuddle you in my arms, caress your body, work my tongue all over it, lick your balls, work my tongue around your clean asshole. I want to hug you. <laughs> Why are you here? Oh, yeah, it's Nell. It's Nell. I, I don't understand. What do you want? Just what? Let it ride. Mild, it's Nell. Mild, say, half I done got, got ants to come. Hey, in the way. They don't come long, but I so tata I like in a kind of light. How do you write a script for this? Okay, Miss Chickabay. No, not a clue. <laughs> Suck it in. Tain the wind. Here he goes. Hey, I gotta ride it for a while. <laughs> Michael in the podcast. So tiny. My God, in the podcast. What if I'm delighting Michael. him ah! as much as he's delighting me? 